Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast, and furthermore, the Penny Bloom '90s Film Awards. It is I, Colton Robertson, and I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? What up? What up? Always a pleasure to be here, and boy, do we have some awards to give out here. Yes, lots, yes, lots. we do. Uh, if you're if you're joining us randomly here on the '90s awards, and you're like, "Why are they going to do a '90s award show?" That's uh, that's kind of random. Well, here we covered 16 movies from the '90s over the past uh, 10 weeks, uh, 90 through 99, a part of our 52 year journey through film, and only those ni- only those 16 movies from the '90s will be considered for these here awards, uh, and we we had. A great, a great many. We had uh, Goodfellas from 1990, Boys in the Hood from 1991, Malcolm X in 1992, Jurassic Park for 1993, and 1994. We saw Seven Days, Seven Movies, and The Lion King, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, 1995 brought us Seven, 96, Train Spotting, 97, Goodwill Hunting. 98, The Truman Show, and 99, The Matrix. And, uh, yeah, sorry if you couldn't follow along, but those 16 will be our nominees for the day. Uh, or they were the options to choose from. We did set up our own little nominee lists from within those 16. Those were just where we got to choose from. Um, and I say we kick it off. What do you say, Joe? I'd say we get right into it. We got a lot, a lot of awards to cover. So A lot of awards indeed. So, as per usual... We'll start with something simple. We'll start with the simple ones. We'll work our way up to the big ones. You know, let's go with set design. Uh, across the 1990s, we less so than the 70s and 80s. I'd say we saw we saw an emphasis on set design. You know, uh, I think uh, it wasn't as big a focus as it has been in the previous decades. And I found that when I was putting together this nominee list. But our designs, our our, our nominees for set design are The Matrix, The Shawshank Redemption. The Truman Show, Jurassic Park, and Train Spotting. Um, and of these, what are you feeling drawn to the most immediately? Well, I think it's kind of funny that uh, the Truman Show being in here, having it be the largest set in the whole world, you know, um, right. is kind of the one that I that I draw to um, immediately. But um, it's, uh, it was the one I drew to immediately as well. Yeah. You know, last last decade, we gave this award to The Shining uh, because mm. the set was such an integral part to the movie. It played a role practically. And I'd say The Truman Show has the same thing going for it, you know, but there is another movie where the entire set is literally the name of the movie in Jurassic Park. Mm. Um, The entirety of Jurassic Park is set in Jurassic Park. It's some it's some. 
and I think to that uh that one shot where they're in the tree mm. with the Brachiosaurus. Like that's a physical set right there that they built in that tree, you know? Mm. Um that's some pretty impressive set design, you know. Uh you know, we get to the Matrix, we got some cool shots set up, we got some some like the Nebuchadnezzar. What a badass a badass ship to be on. Uh I guess the the Matrix itself isn't truly a set, just more of the just world as it is at world. you know yeah, at um, yeah. the turn of but the century. But there are cool places within that real world. You know, even that subway in the last in the last uh, mm. scene. That's a pretty cool little setup. The uh, the two chairs with mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne and Neo set up across each other. The void, all this. Uh, you know, we got Shawshank Redemption being uh, set in prison pretty much entirely. Um, but you do get to you do get to see them in their setting quite a bit. And, uh, it is, I'd say it's my first out here. You know, I, I, I do appreciate what it's bringing to the table, but mm. it's just prison. You know, that's, it's dull. It's boring a little bit. It can be. They didn't really um, have to be creative with set design. Exactly. There. It, it like, was just I'll give it to them. To they me. nailed it. You mm. know, it was dreary. It was drab. It was like, I didn't want to be there. It's prison. Um, so I'll give them credit for that, but I like getting more exciting with this award. And I think, uh, I think the Truman show is where, is where my, my heart lies for, uh, for the set design. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's where I went to right away. It's, it is the whole movie. Um, everything's for sale. The houses, the clothes, the everything in there. Um, mm. and, uh, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, no better way to kick off the '90s awards than uh, to give the Truman Show um, the Truman a win Show here. A bit of love. Uh, and I, I feel um, if it were to be any, I'd say the top three are are the Matrix, the Truman Show, and Jurassic Park. I'd say so too. Um, I'd say the Matrix and Jurassic Park are are like tied for second, but but the Truman Show just just edges out. The, the setting's too integral, you know. It's it's literally built to make Truman comfortable. It's it's uh, it's I. I it plays it plays an important role in the movie, you know, uh, more so than any other movie in this uh, in this category, I'd say. Uh, and what what drew me to Train Spotting to even put it on this list is that one room, really, mm. uh, where it's like orange walls and just like a single chair that they just like lay around in every once in a while. Like that was like the only setting where I was like, yeah, this looks like a meth den uh, mm. or a heroin this childhood den. bedroom. Yep. Um. Even. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh. Blanking on his name, but the guy who um, was good throughout, you know, and then Kevin fell. McKid? Yeah, his his uh, apartment at the end, seeing how yeah. like destroyed and stuff it was. Uh, definitely a, a very important part of the movie there. But uh, yeah, nothing, how nothing. disheveled the characters were. The, the hotel room, I'm thinking about, I guess. But it's more the way those those places are shot than the sets itself uh, mm. that I think really lends itself to being uh, effective and. Uh, so yeah, I got to go Truman Show with the set design. A hell of a way to kick it off. So that's the succession of winners there. We had the Truman Show here in the 90s. The 80s, we had The Shining. And the 70s, Star Wars. Uh, it's uh, quite the succession set there. Design. <laughs> Hard yeah. to beat Star Wars set design there. But, mm. nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, let's get to costume design. Another one previously won by Star Wars. Uh this is pretty integral, you know. I've I've loved this across several movies. I believe the '80s went to the Breakfast Club. You know, you you see them, you know who they are, you're in it. 
Mm. You know, and uh, here we've got a few similar nominees. Again, The Matrix, The Truman Show, and Train Spotting, all options for the costume design, along with Boys in the Hood and The Mask. Uh, and The Mask, you know, there's a there's pretty much one costume design that's the reason that this it's up for this award. It's that yellow suit. It's the green mask. Mm. Uh, we love Jim Carrey, but uh, for me, first out. Um, yeah, this is uh, not the not 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 the highlight of this film. Although it might have the second most memorable look amongst all of them, I don't know how you go any other way than the Matrix, though, right. for costume design. That's uh, that that's where I was uh, immediately drawn towards. It's it's iconic. You know, you know, you put on those glasses, you put on a black trench coat, or you put on some some. Uh, uh, if, you know, Morpheus's glasses. Er- everything in that movie is is iconic for them. It's their really? self image. You know, it's uh, it's the way it's... they see themselves. It's the mm. the mental projection of their digital self. Uh, it's uh, what an incredible incredible costume design in that movie. It's all it's so memorable. It made such an impact in the late nineties, early two thousands. Such a such a look. You know, I think uh, Train Spotting did a good job at presenting us a uh, heroin addicts. Uh, you know, they, they, they often look disheveled. They often uh, presented that image to us, and I think that was important. Uh, the Truman Show hit us with the stereotypical suburban sitcom lifestyle attire, which I think was uh, was necessary, but doesn't doesn't shine. And Boys in the Hood, I'll, I'll, I'll always remember the just the, the clothes they were rocking in that movie. It's just uh, they they nailed the streetwear thing for, hmm. for that one. And uh, there wasn't uh, too much beyond it, uh, but. You know, when it comes to the creative side of things, you got to go Matrix for the costume design. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm I'm fully in agreement there. Um, it was the one out of these nominees that I was like, oh, um, oh, it, it's, oh yeah, it cool. stands in a league above above the rest. Um, so, oh yeah, comfortable with that there. Two, uh, two, the first two are the uh, the break of reality. You know, the yes, uh, of course. Uh, uh, which questioning is- your reality you got truman show mm-hmm. and the matrix and as i said with costume design previously won by star wars and the breakfast club now passing on to the matrix which is just a beautiful big three right there uh, whenever they inevitably face in the master award show it will be difficult to distinct mm. uh, but with that we're on to the best soundtrack and man you know this one previously won by John Williams for Star Wars. Also previously won by John Williams for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And this year he is again nominated, John Williams, for Jurassic Park score. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to why he wins in a second. But here are the nominees. <laughs> uh, the Matrix, The Truman Show, Train Spotting, and The Lion King. And, you know, let's put some respect on The Matrix, The Truman Show, and Train Spotting right now. Three three categories, three noms, each of them. Mm. Uh, th- those movies are prevailing, you know what I'm saying? And if I had to go with the second place here, behind Jurassic Park, i go Truman Show. Interesting. I would, uh... uh... You know, The Matrix is strong. It It's... But you know, the Lion King is strong too. That's you know, what I was like, gonna say. If I if I was given a second place, it'd go to the Lion King for me. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I mean, it musical. is. Yeah. Um. And and there there are songs from our childhood there. Akuna Matata. You gotta be mm. kidding me. The Circle of Life. Come on. Um. Man. But 
you know, it's John Williams. It's the goat. And how do you of, not of give? Soundtrack. How do you not go three for three for John Williams and Star Wars, Raiders, and Jurassic Park? Those are three of the best scores of all time. I mean, uh, I love me Don Davis on the Matrix soundtrack. I love the Lion King. You know, uh, Jeremy Irons singing his ass off as Scar is fucking mm. awesome. Um, I fucking love the music in that movie. But you know, the Truman Show was my instinct for second place, and. Mm. Uh, I strongly suggest the next time you go back that you just like listen to that music or maybe just listen to the music on itself because it is powerful as all fuck, dude. It is incredible. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not John Williams, Jurassic park. Uh, I don't think, but, uh, for some context for the people, uh, in the background, I have a, a master playlist of movie soundtracks that you I. have created, um, playing in the background for me. And, uh, I hit shuffle and the first song to come on was, uh, Jurassic Park. So just kind of, kind of fitting there. Um, that's the thing with, with John Williams is, you know, whenever, uh, you know what world you're in in the first mm. second of the song that you hear. Um, hey, no matter, man. And I'll tell you what. I love me some John Williams soundtracks, and you know I love Star Wars. So it pains me to say that I think Jurassic Park might be my favorite John Williams score. Uh, it's... Wow. It's fucking beautiful, dude. It's more mm. ethereal than any of the others. Like, it, it brings a sense of, like, a levity that the others don't you know the other ones are more brash um you know we also had him for jaws in 1975 and those have the more those are more the horns and the electric like you know but you get a little bit more of a a slow paced feel and vibe to the uh to the soundtrack you get with jurassic park um did he also yeah harry potter i mean he's done like it's insane how Dude, just bag so deep. Well, so I don't deep. know what the word I'm looking for, but just how instantly you can tell what world you're in through him, mm-hmm. um, like and just he how iconic his songs man. are. Yeah. Oh man. With I wonder, uh, like how those movies would have been without the soundtrack being as strong as they are. You know, if, if that really pulls away from these movies, I I, I don't think it, it's necessarily crucial. You know, to the movie being so cute. good, but yes, yeah. it, it builds the world and and uh, soundtrack is often um, very very um, underrated when it comes to thinking of why a movie's so good. Um, and John Williams, he just he hits he hits it every time. There's he doesn't miss. Um, no, he, he just does doesn't not. miss. But but I'd say if I were to give a second place, I'd I'd go Lion King here um, for my my. Uh, any the one that comes the closest to Jurassic Park, it's not you know not really close. Um, yeah, I, I mean, but I just can't wait to be king, man. That shit goes, you know. Like, there's something with the soundtrack category that, like, uh, when it comes to musicals, it almost uh, almost feels unfair to compare them to actual like to normal scores because mm. that's usually what i go into the mindset of for the soundtrack it's mm. the moments where music is playing that nobody's singing like when mufasa's when mufasa's death is rolling around like mm. the music that plays in that moment is powerful as all fuck but it's not it's not uh kuna matata it's not uh uh oh what's a uh, feel uh the 
shit, the one by Nala. Uh, the love is uh Aurora's just screaming at her at, at, at whatever's <laughs> playing the device um, right now. Can you feel can the love tonight? You feel the love. Oh, yeah, okay. Tonight. Yeah, all, all you need is the title, and there you go. You're, you're yeah, right. You know, I, I'm right there. Mm. But uh, yeah, the, it's got some incredible songs, you know. So like, I won't, I won't be like, I think it's an unfair comparison to go the Lion King versus uh, a score by John Williams. Uh, it, it comes down to personal preference at that point, mm. and uh, for me, I fall on the score side more than the uh, the musical side of things, and mm. uh, I think that's I think that's the way it's got to be for me. Um, but for real, one of my favorite songs from that soundtrack is Jeremy Irons performing "Be Prepared" by Scar. Mm. That shit's fantastic. Ooh, um, yeah, that's that's a good point to uh, to bring up, like whenever there's no one singing and how it's making you feel in the moment and mm. what it's really doing for the scene that I feel like that's more important than when it's literally the focus of the it's movie. Part, it's like, it's, like, it's literally the story. Yeah. It is lending to the story. Yeah. Like it's, it's a whole different thing, you know? And I just felt like it would be blasphemous to not include the lion King in a best soundtrack conversation because it needed to be spoke on. Like as far as a, a musical soundtrack is concerned, this is one of my favorites ever. Uh, it's incredible, but, you know, it, I come to I come to the score and uh, John Williams. Y- you don't miss with John Williams, so uh, mm. he gets he gets the nod here for Jurassic Park for best soundtrack, and that's three straight for the man. Star Wars, Raiders, and Jurassic Park. And with that, we're on to the uh, to the. Let's be real. What we're here for? Mm. These next four, we've got best supporting actress, best supporting actor. Best actress and best actor. This is the these are the most fun categories for me. I mean, besides the the latter half of the show, uh, it's where we really get to reflect on all of the performances we saw, what what hit us the hardest, and uh, what's what's really uh, resonating here. So, let's hit the best supporting actress category. This one was tough in uh, putting together the nominees. I recognized that we had. All male-led films. Uh, mm. I wish I would have uh, really paid attention to that going into going into the decade. Uh, what we what we had set up. Uh, so in some some cases, it was hard to distinguish uh, the best leading actress from the best supporting actress, and the best supporting actress uh, struggled for some uh, struggled for nominees. Mm. I had to I had to uh, I had to reach into the bag for these, you know. So uh, let's present them. We had Regina King for Boys in the Hood. Angela Bassett for Boys in the Hood and Malcolm X, Sean Young for Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Cameron Diaz for The Mask, Lauren Holly for Dumb and Dumber, Gwyneth Paltrow for Seven, and Laura Linney for The Truman Show. And uh, you know this is this is kind of hard off rip. I think uh, I think to Angela Bassett and Malcolm X, and she was uh, her role as uh, Malcolm's wife. Was uh, pretty powerful, you know. She had a she had a few scenes that were really really strong, but she doesn't. Uh, she I don't think she gets nearly the time she deserved in that movie. I don't mm. think she got nearly the time she deserved in Boys in the Hood, as the as the mother to Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character in mm. that film. Uh, so like I, it, straight off rip. If I'm drawn to anybody, it's Angela Bassett or Gwyneth Paltrow in Seven. Mm. Uh, 
you know, these the Ace Ventura, the Mask, Dumb and Dumber, all all great roles, all very funny roles. But they didn't have to reach into the bag the way Angela Bassett and Gwyneth Paltrow did in Seven, and uh, arguably even more than Angela Bassett, Gwyneth Paltrow gets very little screen time. But I think her time on screen was utilized the best. Um, the whole the scene between her and uh, and Morgan Freeman sitting down in the diner. Um, I, that, that's the scene I, I immediately think to, I think that's where she really shined. Um, that's you know, the she scene breaks down, her. she cries. I mean, that's like the scene that got her this nod, you know, uh, for sure. And, uh, man, I mean, you know, she's the, at the end of the movie too, you know, she's not there, um, but she's there sadly. Very important um, story element. And, uh, I, if, uh, yeah, if the ward were to go to anybody, I, I'm between the same two that you are. Um, I guess it's just that Gwyneth Paltrow had the more memorable or the more, um, the more impactful, um, performance. performance. I'd say so too. I think, uh, my gut goes to Gwyneth Paltrow for seven here. Uh, I want to, I want to put some respect on Laura Linney in the mm. Truman Show real quick though, because she did some pretty, she did some pretty good shit in that movie, you know, uh, playing, playing the stereotypical sitcom actress, you know, like she was, uh doing ad reads in the middle of the movie, you know, uh, mm. how can anyone expect me to carry on in these conditions? Mm. It's unprofessional. <laughs> like, uh, she, she did her thing there. You know, I prefer, I personally prefer her in Ozark, but, uh, she, she did pretty good in the Truman show, but I, I gotta go. I gotta go Gwyneth Paltrow. Here. I guess the most st- screen time out of anyone, would it be Lauren Holly and dumb and dumber? Out Lauren of Holly all of these? Cameron Diaz. And uh, mm. in the mask. Oh, true. I think, mm. I think uh, oh, those two or Laura Linney. Laura Linney had plenty mm. of. Yeah, oh, that's true. She, okay, fair. Uh, but yeah, uh, those Jim Carrey mm. female leads. They uh, they had a, uh, they had plenty of screen time. They just uh, didn't get uh, <laughs> didn't get quite the development that uh, that some other characters did, and uh, they don't get to shine in their roles as hard. I would say. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I loved me some. Uh, Lauren Holly and Dumb and Dumber. She did pretty good. Uh, Cameron Diaz in The Mask. Uh, arguably one of the most beautiful wom- women alive at, the, at that point in time, too. Uh, Sean Young and Ace Ventura. Very funny. Uh, mm. But yeah, if I got to give it to anybody, it's Angela Bassett or Gwyneth Paltrow. And I got to go. I got to go Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm. Uh, Regina King, also awesome in Boys in the Hood. Uh, but she had like three minutes of screen time total, and the the scene she was in, she was funny as fuck. But I couldn't, uh, I couldn't grant her, yeah. uh, couldn't grant her the award here. I just, I love me some Regina King, so I had to get her in here on this uh, supporting actress list. You know, yeah, love her and Watchmen uh, and uh, Angela Abar. Hopefully, moving forward, you know, and whenever we get to the uh, the Ots Awards, whenever we're there, hopefully, we have a lot more uh, stronger roles, you know, with with women, and maybe we'll we'll see the movies and, and stuff around around there but um I, hey you know we did have some pretty strong women roles in the 90s and we'll, we, mm, we will get there with I, our oh, yeah. factors oh, category yeah. but yeah like uh i felt even even last decade i felt a lot better about our best supporting actress mm, uh, mm-hmm. category there seemed to be a lot more fruit to bear there um we did uh yeah i mean michelle pfeiffer karen allen mm. as marion ravenwood Sean Young again, back to back nominees in the best supporting actors category. Mm. Shout out. Um, mm. but yeah, uh, yeah, I got, I got to go Gwyneth Paltrow in seven. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't see any way around that. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Right there with you. 
But with that, let's head on to Best Supporting Actor. Now, this, personally, is probably my favorite category on the list uh, that we're going to have to choose from here. So let's, let's, let's get into it. Robert De Niro in Goodfellas. Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Ice Cube in Boys in the Hood. Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Morgan Freeman in The Shawshank Redemption and Seven. Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting, and Lawrence Fishburne in Boys in the Hood and The Matrix. And boy, oh boy, are those last three making this a bitch. Those last three. Holy fuck. That's, I was like, whenever I was reading, I was like, oh, it's Morgan Freeman. And then I went to Robin Williams, I'm like, oh, oh shit. And then I was like, Lawrence, oh. Well, I was like, this is a lot harder of a category than than I thought it was going to be. I think we're going to have to talk our way through this one. This one's not we're, obvious. We're going to. We're going to have to. And here's my – And you know what's crazy is like as much as I want to talk about it, as much as I want to be able to talk through it, there's one that's nagging at me. Like it's like a straight off rip. For me, it's between Morgan Freeman and Lawrence Fishburne. Okay. Um, I love I mean, Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting. Mm. But what he did in Goodwill Hunting, I feel like Lawrence Fishburne – kind of ultimately overcomes in Boys in the Hood and The Matrix. Morgan hmm. Freeman overcomes in The Shawshank Redemption and Seven. It's the fact that they both have two incredible performances uh, put forth in this. You know, I love Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, you know, uh, and you're selling it. You're selling it. You know, like that's a that's a great it's uh, a great moment for Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Ice Cube kills it in Boys in the Hood. It was a great acting debut for him. And Joe Pesci actually won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Hmm. Uh, yeah, not to discredit any of these other people up here for these nominations no not at all these are all incredible (laughs) not just that morgan freeman and lawrence fishburne dominated their roles and uh as much as i fucking loved loved lawrence fishburne and boys in the hood and the matrix how do you not go morgan freeman in the shawshank redemption that's true and frankly I don't think he even needs, needs seven. Seven. That's is just what I was about attack, to say. It's just a tack on, like just it's, a cherry on top, and that's that's incredible that that's the cherry on top is his performance in seven because he's mm-hmm. he's also as crucial to the story as he is in Shawshank as he is in seven. Exactly. Um, and you know, I guess yeah. Just I'm I'm more comfortable now. Uh, I guess off surface level, I'm like, damn, like these are that that is incredible. But I mean, Shawshank, one of just the best movies just of all time in and general. Red is just one of the best characters of all time. I fucking love that dude in that role. And I mean, I, I want to put some respect on Lawrence Fishburne as uh, Morpheus, you know, specifically. I loved him in The Matrix. He steals every scene that he's in. He's he's electric. Um, and even in Boys in the Hood, man, he was he's probably my favorite character in Boys in the Hood. I wanted him um, to adopt me. You know, I wanted him as my father. You know, right. like I I uh I remember I think I remember saying that whenever we did that podcast, like, man, like what a what like I don't know, just what a man. A man. And man, that's that's tough. I if if Morgan Freeman wasn't here, he I he wins this. Um I don't think uh, pretty easily. Um like he's he's a very the easy second out of out of these yeah. people, um, but man, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Jeff Goldblum, I man, like what a what a very very strong category um, that we have here. But yeah, I, I would say Morgan Freeman is the one to uh, to take that leap above above everyone else here. I'd um, say so too. You know, I loved I loved me some Robin Williams. I I obviously I love me some Robin Williams, but you know. 
he's not doing like even looking back to what he did in Dead Poet Society, like uh, he bodies those roles, you know, like he those are the roles for Robin Williams, those mm. those inspiring uh introspective roles that make you think and make you uh admire him all the more you know and uh but yeah i I gotta go morgan freeman i don't know how you don't go morgan freeman when it comes to this i mean that's the whole movie for shot in those movies he could arguably be the lead like it's like uh i went with supporting actor just because like i think andy and Brad Pitt's character are the main characters in those movies, you know. So I ultimately put him as supporting, but uh, they're even more so. Seven is it like, kind of? Yeah, I mean, they're it is that that is the line is very blurred between who's the main character and Shawshank. Like, I mean, it's it's ba- it's both of them really. Um, one doesn't, you know, he's the narrator. He's the one telling the story, you know, even right. though it's Andy's story. It's a, um, That's what makes me go, Andy's the lead. He's telling the story yeah. about Andy. So, mm. like, that's Andy Dufresne. Mm. Uh, just, uh, so I, I, I guess if tough. you can say that he could be the lead actress, then he wins the supporting actress pretty, or actress, um, actor, yeah. um, <laughs> actor, uh, category pretty easily there. So, oh hmm. yeah. Like, I, it's not even close, man. Like, I, I, the only one that gave him a run for his money for me was Lawrence Fishburne. Mm. But even then, it's the Shawshank Redemption, man. Like, that's, I can't speak highly enough about Morgan Freeman in that movie, man. He did so fucking good. So uh, I, I had to go. I had to go Morgan Freeman for supporting actor. There was a uh, little doubt in my mind, but mm-hmm. uh, what a category! Morgan Freeman, Robin Williams, Lawrence Fishburne, Jeez. Jeff Goldblum, Ice Cube, Joe Pesci, and Robert De Niro. Fuck, yeah, Jeff Gold, my man, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Just uh, the the K, the cool math guy, you know cool what a math guy. <laughs> um, oh yeah, but uh, I'm I'm definitely uh, I'm arriving at at Morgan Freeman here. I, I uh, at first I was you know hesitant to to give it to him right away, but after talking through it, yeah, he All deserves right. that one for sure. Yeah, I, I knew talking through it would lead us to the same conclusion. It's uh, it's it's. I just don't know how you get better than Morgan Freeman and the Shawshank Redemption. That was the shit. But with that, let's get to the best actress. Now, uh, this one's a fun category. We got a lot of great actresses over the course of this decade from a lot of great movies. These are some of my favorite roles in all of it. So let's start with Lorraine Bracco. From Goodfellas, played Karen Hill, wife to Ray Liotta's character, Hank Hill. And uh, we got Laura Dern from Jurassic Park, Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction, Robin Wright and Forrest Gump, Minnie Driver and Goodwill Hunting, and Carrie Ann Moss in The Matrix. Now, this is tough as fuck. Mm. I think, um, like, I. We're, we're, we're kind of fresh off the matrix, so it's really fresh in my mind. Um, and whenever I'm thinking of like female roles that, that I just love in general, I do think of her. But out of the movie that we did get of her, this isn't like her strongest performance, you know, out of the, the next two movies that come up in the matrix. Um, I, I'd say she still... has her strongest moment though. Ooh. That moment where she's looking at, at Neo laying there and mm. she tells him, you know, like the Oracle, she told me. 
You know, I would fall in love with a man and that man would be the one. So you see, you can't be dead. Mm. And she gives him that kiss, man. That's a strong moment. Uh, true. Okay, fair. Uh, um, I was just trying to to make like make sure that I'm not being any you know biased for for um you know now, maybe that now I won't I won't go that far. Mm. I won't go that far. You might like there might be a little recency bias here coming off the Matrix with Carrie Ann Moss because like thinking back, there there are two others that I'm like real real tempted, and it's Lorraine Bracco and Goodfellas. And it's Uma Thurman in Pulp mm. Fiction. Um, I loved Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. You know, don't get me, don't get me wrong, but she doesn't get the chance to uh, shine on screen the way that those two did. I don't think uh, Robin Wright and Forrest Gump rocks, but Jenny is kind of hard to get behind. Uh, and then Minnie Driver and Goodwill Hunting, nothing but love for that character. Uh, but originally, I had her as best supporting actress because she's not a she's not a massive part of that movie. You know, it's more about. Matt Damon, Robin Williams, and uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, but, you know, she was a key component of it. Mm. Uh, and therefore, she had to be involved here. And frankly, I loved I loved the character. Uh, but, you know, and she did dig into the bag there once, you know, with Matt Damon being like, you don't want to know that. Mm. You don't want to you don't want to hear that. And she's like, I do, I do want to hear that. I need you to tell. Like, that's some mm. powerful shit right there, you know? Like, there's, this, this, this is just lined with impressive performances. Um, and frankly, I'm no closer to a decision. I, I think I, I'm between Lorraine Brock. I, I think she was the one who I initially was like, yeah. Like, cause, I mean, I, I mean, I think, her performance is just just done so well. She's my favorite um, part of that movie. Yeah, and you and know, you know like her movie come- with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta, a mob movie like Martin Scorsese directed. My favorite part of it is Lorraine Bracco, mm. the mob wife. Like, mm-hmm. I have no doubts about that. Um, like that's that's <sighs> oh, hard man. to do. I guess would it be easiest instead of to try to just pick a winner here to try to eliminate some first? Um, Maybe that, that would be easiest. Um, All right. So if I'm, if I'm eliminating straight off top first out for me is Robin Wright mm -hmm. and Forrest Gump as Jenny loved her, but you know, uh, loved her performance. Uh, But I don't think she she doesn't have the moment in my head that I can think of that like they would play at the award show. That's Mm. like, see this scene. This is why, you know, like she she doesn't have that for me. Lorraine Bracco has a couple. Uma Thurman has a couple. Carrie Ann Moss has a couple. Minnie Driver even has one. And that's what leads me to go. Laura Dern's my next out. I uh, I loved Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. Uh and she she did fucking fantastic in that role but she doesn't have she doesn't have the moment she doesn't mm. have the award show moment for me and uh hmm yeah that's fair and it's not really that kind of a movie um, no yeah exactly like it's a different place, kind but... of movie and she does fantastic in the movie mm. it's just uh it's not one that called for her to dig that deep into the bag i mean she did fantastic playing frightened uh playing scared uh, of the dinosaurs, she she was uh, flooring there, uh, but yeah, I think next out would definitely be Minnie Driver. After that, in Goodwill Hunting, love her, love that character, and like for some reason, I'm like, damn, 
I, I didn't want her to lose, but she's here and she's losing, and I like mm. it has to be that way. So I guess uh, we I I know I know her moment, you know that they would show um, at the award show. You know that's it's her, Moss. her talking to Neo, her being yeah explaining she loves him. Now that's for sure. Um, what moments do you think for? For these two would show up for him. Lorraine Bracco, I've actually got a couple. Mm-hmm. Lorraine Bracco, I got the one where she wakes, she Ray Liotta wakes up, she's sitting, she's sitting on his lap with a gun pointed in his face, telling him what needs Ooh. to go, down, what needs to happen. <laughs> and the other one is at the end of the movie when they're trying to, whenever she's like, "I flushed them, I flushed the drugs," and he's like, "Why would you do that?" And they they like mm. break down together in the room, and they're like sitting in the corner, like hugging and like sobbing, like. Those are a couple really, really good scenes. And there's there's even another small moment that's not not like an award show moment, but it's so clear what Lorraine Bracco's character is feeling in the moment when she watches Henry go across the street, beat the shit out of the dude who sexually coerced her with the with the butt of his gun. She walks back or he walks back, tells her to hide it, and she's like, Okay. Like, like, like she, she did fantastic in that too. And the more I talk about it, the more I'm like Lorraine Bracco from Goodfellas is, is my winner. Um, I loved Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction, but even less than Lorraine Bracco and Carrie Ann Moss, I don't know that she definitely has the moment that shines, you know, it was just more her general presence that drew me mm. to Uma Thurman. She, uh, she's she the poster, that role. you know, so like- oh yeah, like. That that's an iconic poster right there, and she mm. she's the face of the movie. Um, that I, like before I even watched the movie, I only knew like her face really. Like I knew that poster. I've seen it everywhere. Mm. Um, and and you know her like in the diner, um, whenever they're you know in in the car you know eating, and then they go up and dance. Like I'm think I'm thinking of like you know her moments there whenever she ODs. Um, yeah, those are strong. And, and uh, but I think it's really the it's what happened to her, like her character that like uh is is why that she's up here but Lorraine Bracco like she was the character and it's what it's her performance um, of that the, yeah. yeah um so i think if uh if i'm between two i think i'm between Lorraine Bracco and and Carrie Ann Moss um, i think i was too uh, and uh but i do think Lorraine Bracco wins this one um Hey, the nice little sandwich with 1990s lead actress and 1999s lead actress. That's just that's just perfect. You know, we started the decade and we ended the decade with some kick-ass lead actresses. Mm. But ultimately, I think it's got to go Lorraine Bracco and Goodfellas. Um, from for, I think I even mentioned her in the 80s award show, mm. where I was like, "Hey, in next decade, we got we start the decade off with a banger." That's with Lorraine true. Bracco. Uh, and, uh, there, there, there we have it. She ends, she ends up winning it all here for best actress. Um, and I feel good about that. I, mm. I feel real good about that. Mm. Uh, Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas as Karen Hill. And with that, let's head to best actor. Now this was even harder to, uh, limit to seven. I ended up, I ended up having eight, um, I, I didn't know how how to avoid it, uh, so so we'll, we'll kick it off here. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Boys in the Hood, Denzel Washington and Malcolm X, Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump, Tim Robbins in The Shawshank Redemption, Ewan McGregor in Train Spotting, Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting, Jim Carrey in The Truman Show, 
and Keanu Reeves in the Matrix. And you know what? Just so just so we're clear, I love me some Keanu Reeves. Love him to death. Love that man. He's he's part <laughs> part of the basis for the entire personality of this show. Um, but he's the first out. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I love, I love him to death, but th- his performance isn't touching the performances that we also have here. I really only added him because I was like, he's Keanu Reeves. How am I not going to have him in the best actor category? But, uh, praise him, you know, praise him. We gotta, we'll praise him. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm agreeing there. It's, it's not his performance that, that does it for him in, in the movie. No, nah, nah, it's not. But, uh, now, uh, I'm firmly in a place of this could go to anybody. Mm. Like, I think my next first out, as as awesome as the character was and the writing for the movie was, Tim Robbins as Andy Dufresne. I mean, he did fantastic in the role, but there's a... I, I, I'm not... I'm not floored by the performance that he gives, you know? He, he, he does play a relatively emotionless man. Mm. Uh, he's, he's very simple, very, very plain, uh, very vanilla. You know, it's part of his thing, you know, red, red comments on it. He's like, I, I got the dude with the, the silver spoon stuff shoved up his ass. Like he's, he's, he's relatively plain. He's, the, he's vanilla. Yeah. The and, award uh, for that movie already went to the right guy, went to Morgan Freeman. Um, yeah, and I, I can, I it, it might be seeing some more awards later. We, yeah. uh, we, who, who knows? But, uh, yeah, I think Tim Robbins has to go there. And, and now, I'm even more of in a place where it can go to anybody. Tim Robbins was the only one I was feeling weak about. Um, but man, uh, thinking back to Cuba Gooding, like if we're going by the same logic that we had in the best actors category with the, with the Oscar moment, you know, the moment Cuba Gooding has one for sure when he comes home and just breaks down and just like, why has it got to be like this? You know, like that, that sequence was fucking amazing dude Ugh. man um, i i'm i'm like <laughs> i'm trying to limit it to like be i'd like i just can't like i'm thinking I, there's no one like, here that i can confidently say is an easy out yeah like our boy like you and mcgregor and train spotting that's an incredible role to play like having to put yourself in the mind of an addict and and play that incredible matt damon in goodwill hunting like at, like I'm thinking of like, his down and exactly Robin that's that's the moment man. I'm thinking of. Uh, it's not your fault. It's not your is that is that what he says? Yeah, it's not your yeah, fault. It's not your fault. Not like your that. Fault. That's the moment right there for me. The and, Truman and, and even Show. Before that, you know, he like when he was facing off with Minnie Driver and was like, "You don't want to hear about that. You don't want to hear about how he burnt his cigarettes out on my arms." Like you don't like like that's some powerful shit. I mean, and then you have Denzel for the whole three hours or or whatever it is for Malcolm X just performing his ass off. I, I did not think, you know, I'm like, this is Malcolm X right here. Like, these, he's playing his ass off right here. Um, and for me, the scene that gets me there is him with the the revolver. And he's sitting there, and he's like, you don't want to fuck with a man who's not afraid to die. You know, like, uh, he puts the gun to his head, and he's like, okay. click. And he keep and like uh twice man like twice in a row too mm-hmm. and then uh your turn you know or oh like damn yeah this this is not an easy category right here to to choose from and I mean and and Jim Carrey for the Truman Show you know if we're if I'm picking out any Jim Carrey role that that I'm I'm going towards you know he, it's iconic for the mask iconic for Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura but it's it's not the performance that he shows. 
in the Truman Show. Um, and I'm, I'm specifically, the, you know, him on the boat. You're going to have to kill me. And then at the end, you know, when he's talking to the the arch, or architect, is that what they call him? Or the creator? Uh, creator. Creator. Um, like I, that that would be the moment I would think, you know, his of the the award or or even maybe uh I don't know yes that I dad I don't know maybe this is the next out just because uh I don't think it holds the weight that these others do that's um, that's where I'm at I think that my next two out crazy crazy would be Jim Carrey and Tom Hanks yeah um I love Forrest Gump, and I think Tom Hanks did incredible as Forrest Gump, uh, obviously. But uh, I don't know. He does play that naivete and childlike innocence really, really well. If um, I'm thinking of Tom Hanks' like best best performances, though, I'm not really jumping to Forrest Gump. I'm I'm more fair. like Castaway or like a, where it's more like emotional and and mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. So I mean, I. Um, yeah, I do think you know Tom Hanks is kind of in a similar lane with Tim Robbins in that he doesn't. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, variation in the way he presents himself mm. over the course of the movie. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't show a great deal of range. He just shows a character. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think the same can be said for Denzel Washington. It's more the fact that he's playing a real guy that makes me go, "Wow, this is insane." Um, because he really kills it as Malcolm X. Um, shit. Uh, <laughs> the one that I keep coming back to, and I don't know if it's just because of the movie itself and how it impacted me, um, is Matt Damon in, in Goodwill Hunting. Um, and I, I can't tell if it's, if it's his performance or if it's just the story that's so strong that leads me to come back to him. Um, and I, but I don't, I don't think he wins though, is the thing. Like, I, I keep I'm, coming back I'm to with, it, but I don't like, think he Looking wins. at the one who's right next to him, looking at Ewan McGregor versus Matt Damon in Train Spotting versus Goodwill Hunting, it is the story that propels Matt Damon to the heights he's at. And credit to Matt Damon there, he wrote it. That's true. Um, true. But uh, it's the acting that propels Ewan McGregor's character to a different place. So I, I take Ewan McGregor over Matt Damon here also. And that leaves us now with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Boys in the Hood, Denzel Washington and Malcolm X, and Ewan McGregor in Train Spotting. And uh, damn, man, this is, uh, this is a tough one. But if I'm if I'm eliminate another one, the one that feels right is Cuba Gooding Jr. and Boys in the Hood. I uh, I love that like that moment is so powerful that we mentioned earlier. It really is incredible. This but is... it's Denzel and you and McGregor, man. I have uh, my favorite actor of all time, Denzel Washington, up here, and I have freaking Obi Wan Kenobi. You know, yeah. like, come, like, what, how am I going to choose between these two right here? How am I going to have a shite like, state of affairs? <laughs> oh, we've been led astray, run amok. Can we flip a coin? I don't, yeah, like, right. that like, is, that, like, is that the way to make this decision? What, the tie, uh, um, are I, they co best actors of the year, uh, or of the decade? Um, ah, you know. I love 
love, love Ewan McGregor and train spotting to death. But Denzel Washington was Malcolm X, dude. Like, he embodied that role so fucking perfectly. And it breaks my heart to say goodbye to Ewan McGregor because I was, like, low-key pulling for him the whole time, you know? But I can't in good conscience give it to him over Denzel there. I I just can't. criminally underrated in the Hollywood world. Guy's never won. Um, I don't think he's won an Oscar before he's he's been nominated i know he's like one of the only i i don't think he's won which is insane and he uh which which is just i got i gotta check this out i gotta oh he won best wait he won this year Uh, for Macbeth, probably or was nominated for it at least yeah, yeah, best performance by an actor in a leading role, The Tragedy of Macbeth. He was a nominee, uh, Oscar oh, but, nominee. but Will Smith won for him with King Richard yes. there. So I think he's never won. Yeah, he's not won thing, best actor. Which is nuts to me. Oh, um, yeah, he did. He won best actor in a leading role for what will be our 2001 movie, Training Day. Ah, uh, okay. Thank, thank, thankful. He was nominated for best actor for Malcolm X. Um, one best actor in a supporting role for uh Glory. Mm. Mm. So he's won a couple. Okay, good. he's won a couple. Okay, good. Thankfully. Okay, good. Uh, um, and nominated plenty, but but man, he's he's my still, favorite I think, actor. They're, I feel like if Denzel Washington's popping up, he should win. Yeah, you know, I, uh, it just feels right. I uh, he was kind of the one I was going to right away because he, I mean, I just I love Denzel. He's he's my guy. He's my he's the guy I love watching. My favorite actor. And I'm mm. glad you went there because I was going to give it to him just because I think he deserves so much more in Hollywood and he's so underrated. Um, but yeah, Malcolm X, he played Malcolm X. Like there's, there's no right. question about that. And I, I mean, I, he taught me about Malcolm X. Like I did not know, um, really anything about Malcolm X before this movie. And I couldn't think of any, any person to teach me and, and educate me, um, and really give me, an insight to who that person was um, than Denzel. Denzel's a damn good way to do that, man. He was he was fantastic in that role. He just embodied it. Like, I remember when we talked about it, too, we were just like, holy shit, man. He owned that role. Like, mm. he, he was Malcolm X. Like, I, I, can't, I can't speak highly enough about him. But with that, let's revisit through those categories who's won by a who's won by the decades and in the best supporting actress category we didn't have one in the 70s but in the 80s we got karen allen as marion ravenwood winning and then uh this year we've got uh uh gwyneth paltrow in seventh and seven winning uh best supporting actor in this decade morgan freeman but uh in the 80s, we had uh, Robert Sean Leonard as Neil in Dead Poet Society. Mm. And further back in the 70s, we had Richard Dreyfus as Hooper in Jaws. Uh, our best actress in the 70s was Carrie Fisher. In the 80s, it was Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley. And in the 90s, it is Lorraine Bracco mm. as Karen Hill. Damn. Uh, strong, strong three there. Best actor here in the 70s, Marlon Brando. Best actor in the 80s, Harrison Ford. And best actor in the 90s, Denzel Washington. What a lineup that is, man. Those awards are going to be a bitch. All righty. 
Alrighty then. Mm. But uh, with that, and you know what? In, in that best actor category, you know, I only credited Truman, Jim Carrey for the Truman Show, but he had four movies that he was the lead of in this decade. Uh, <laughs> Dang. Yeah, he, uh, a quarter of the movies we covered, he was the lead. Um, he's he was big in the '90s, that's for sure. Um, that's, definitely that's big for for us. Um, he had a we had a trilogy dedicated to him in in '90. Uh, 94, 94 um which oh yeah but uh but man wow that good company with these uh these winners here definitely they they sound like winners you know I would you're saying I would stuff. certainly I would certainly say so and with that we're on to our last two official awards um and we're going to start with best writer um so here we've got John Singleton for Boys in the Hood, Eric Roth for Forrest Gump, Frank Darabont for The Shawshank Redemption, John Hodge for Train Spotting, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck for Goodwill Hunting, Andrew Nichol for The Truman Show, and the Wachowski sisters for The Matrix. So, straight off rip. What, how you feeling here? I picked I I picked the seven best written movies we have. Mm. Uh, I, I I have no doubts about that. Um, and you know it's it's feeling like it's almost certainly like goddamn all of these are just so fucking fantastically written. Uh, because I remember watching Boys in the Hood and thinking that was the strong point. You know, like that was. That was what made that movie mm. was the right. True. Uh, it was uh, it was so incredibly integral. You know, Forrest Gump. You know, uh, there's something to be said for uh, John, uh, John Singleton writing Boys in the Hood because you know Forrest Gump based on a book, Shawshank Redemption based on a book, Train Spotting based on a book. Um, we got a few based on a books here, and uh, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily dismiss the writing altogether. Uh, but it does boost up John Singleton, uh, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck, Andrew Nichol, and the Wachowski sisters for my money, uh, just because they they killed this shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, this Boys in the Hood was nominated for Best Writing and Best Director at the Oscars back in the day, mm. um, which is pretty awesome. Uh, let's see. Let's. I'm, I'm looking through all the uh, nominees. Uh, officially to see how how in line we are uh it did get nominated it did not get nominated for best writer it doesn't appear forrest gump didn't mm. so uh feel feel pretty good about eliminating that one off rip mm-hmm. however regardless of it being based on a book the shawshank redemption deserves to be in the running here mm. um because it's not entirely based on a book it's i think it's based on a short it's based on a short novel uh and they had to expand on it mm. and i think the shawshank redemption becomes much more in play again uh the only the only one that i truly eliminate for that was forrest gump because i think that's a pretty honorable adaptation and so is train spotting but it's so damn powerful that it's like a how do you comfortably go yeah that was I mean, man, I am having just a hard because these are these are such different movies. Like you have Goodwill Hunting, you know that it's incredible that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote 
wrote that movie. And I remember whenever we covered it, like not knowing that they wrote the movie before. And whenever you said that, I'm like, Oh my God, that makes the movie like so much better. It, like, uh, that enhances the shit. movie knowing that knowledge. Um, uh, thinking of what the, uh, Wachowski, is that how you say it? Yeah. The Wachowskis, um, what they came up with. Uh, that's insane that they came up with, with that world. Um, and, and writing that is, is nuts. Boys in the hood. It's, the whole movie is just the story itself, you know? Um, and like these are, I mean, this it's is a tragedy and it's just, uh, it's so damn good, man. This is not easy. I'm, I don't know where I'm going as of right now. Um, if I, like, if I had to limit it to three nominees right now, like if I had to, I had to pick, it's Boys in the Hood, Goodwill Hunting, and The Matrix. Mm. Mm-hmm. I th- um, I think I'm there. Um, for how good Shawshank is, um, and everything, and Train Spotting, I I don't think the writing is up there with Boys in the Hood, Goodwill Hunting, and Matrix. Um, it pains me to to eliminate these movies. Um. But I, yeah, the Truman Show even even more kind of hurts uh, just because I, I loved the way that movie was written, you know. Uh, but man, it's Shawshank's gnawing at me, you know. Like I'm like, I don't know, man. Shawshank might be a might be there. Ugh. Um, but man. I don't know. I don't. They're, they're so different. Um, Boys in the Hood, the writing making you feel that devastation, making you 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 feel for the characters. Uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck writing that story. You know, like it came from deep down within them. It was obvious that they were very very passionate about this movie, um, mm-hmm. and it's insane that that they did you know write this together and performed it together. Um, but then you have the world building and the crazy story of the matrix. And I, I don't know what propels one above the other here. Um, like I, I can't really, maybe it's, I, I guess I, I can't really think of their performance in the movie because that's not what this category is for. Not what it's it's about, just the yeah. story. It's just the writing here. Um, I, I think bare bones. It is much harder to get me into a serious drama that doesn't have anything else going for it. Uh, visual effects, sci-fi, action, in that way. And I think that eliminates The Matrix here for me, personally. You know, like uh, I think that's fair. I mean, The Matrix has so much else going for it. It has sci-fi, it has the AI, it has the reality. You know, you're, you're, we're being kind of... You can be distracted from the story completely and still be like, okay, this movie's and still enjoy the sick. movie. Um, so I, it sucks to eliminate it, but I do think that's fair. Um, and now I now you know I'm between Boys in the Hood and, and Goodwill Hunting here. Um, and I just want to give him a co winner here, man. Like this is this is hard. This is a bitch. Um, you know I. It, and I'm gonna hit you with this logic. Tell me if you follow, because um, I'm not. I'm not even sure. I'm 100 behind it. But the thought occurred to me, and I, it felt necessary to mention. 
we made a lot of comparisons upon Goodwill Hunting to Shawshank for the similar format of the of the story and the the winning the winning aspect of our main character prevailing in the end like yeah like that's a that's an ending right there he got what he wanted he got what he needed uh there's a tr- like mm. there's a tragedy to boys in the hood that's not achieved by any of these other movies besides maybe train spotting um You leave this movie feeling pretty good. You know, you leave Goodwill, uh, this movie, no one knows what I'm talking about. You leave Goodwill hunting feeling pretty good about yourself and feeling good about the movie. But man, do you leave Boys in the Hood just devastated and, and like, feel like you are, like, it's just a, I don't know. I, I feel, I mean, if you're comfortable giving it to the both of them, like I really, I don't think I can can pick between. But if I did have to pick one, I do think it's Boys in the Hood because that's it's the that's what the movie is. Um, and without the story, that movie's really nothing. Um, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, not saying that the performances are still fantastic and all, but yeah, like, they need that writing though. They need that writing. They need that direction. Like a uh, John Singleton writing Boys in the Hood, I think is. One of the most compelling pieces of American film ever. Um, Just because it is so unique to an experience. Mm. And like uh, it captures an aspect of real American life that I don't think a lot of these others. That's true. Achieve in a uh, in a way that is quite as compelling. In Uh, in Goodwill Hunting, you have you know, a mega genius at MIT. We have, you know, these crazy things that are happening, but boys in the hood, you're, you're in a neighborhood following a group of guys around, you know, like this, like it's that simple, but the movie is, is so complex in itself uh, with the story. And And I've seen with Lawrence Fishburne where like, he's got this real, this real wherewithal about him that, you know, is addressed in Malcolm X late, later on where he's like, you know, they put they put liquor stores on every corner. They put this on every corner. Like, why do you think why why do you think that's happening? Why do you think they do that? You know, like uh, like those scenes are just so powerful. And uh, I think it's got to be John Singleton writing Boys in the Hood for Best Writer. Mm. Yeah, I'm uh, I think we, we got there. We we, we uh, after talking through it, I feel good. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling. I feel. I'm I feel pretty good. good about it as well. Mm. I feel very good Woo. about it as well. And with that, we're on to the best director category, and this one, arguably more difficult than the last. Um, for this one, we've only got a couple that overlap. We got John Singleton again, wrote and directed *Boys in the Hood*. Uh, we got Danny Boyle for *Train Spotting*. That and some overlap there, best director, best writer. But beyond that, we've got Martin Scorsese for Goodfellas, Spike Lee for Malcolm X, Steven Spielberg for Jurassic Park, Quentin Tarantino for Pulp Fiction, and David Fincher for Seven. Man. You know, man. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) How do you choose? How do you choose? My kind of uh, immediate jump to um, the two that are kind of sticking out for me 
are uh, Martin Scorsese, Goodfellas, and Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction. Um, I feel like these are movies that are talked about and held in high esteem, I think, because of their direction um, and how they were told, how the story was told. Um, like Pulp Fiction, it's it's so – it's not just – starting here and ending there you know it's not linear at all and you jump around and then you know if that movie was linear um i don't know how it goes you know it's it's not the same movie at all um but then you have you know like these just two movies goodfellas and pulp fiction they're held from an aesthetic standpoint visually how they're how they're shot how they look they're probably top two here. Mm. And after that, I go seven in train spotting. Mm. Uh, interestingly enough, um, I think David Fincher really bodied seven in the direction of seven. Uh, did inspire a whole lot. Um, did seven indeed. there. Uh, Batman pulled some heavy inspiration from seven. And uh, I'd say so. the direction just, you know, serial killers, you know, and it, it had it kind of wrote itself in a way and directed itself, you know, with the killings and, and stuff like that. But like how they executed it was, uh, was very, wasn't, was insane. But yeah, if, if I'm between two, it's, it's Pulp Fiction and, and Goodfellas for me. All um, right. All right. If I mean, obviously got to put some respect on Spielberg's name for Jurassic Park. That's a pretty, it's a pretty legendary one, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'd agree as far as the direction is concerned, it, it shines, it shines more in Goodfellas and Pulp Fiction. Uh, maybe, maybe right behind it. However, though, Spike Lee for Malcolm X, mm. some pretty, pretty solid direction in that movie as well. John Singleton also nominated for best director at the Oscars for boys in the hood. Um, getting the most out of those actors to be sure. Um, Ooh, man, this is tough. There's like at, at these other spots, there's been like, Reasons I could tell you this one's gone. This one's gone. These are all really, really, really good. Uh, and at this point, it's almost personal preference. Mm. Uh, and I think I think Martin Scorsese Goodfellas direction is about as good as it gets. Um, there are some beautiful shots in that film. Some the interactions between characters and. Uh, I, I think it's Martin Scorsese for Goodfellas. I, I, I really do. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is great for Pulp Fiction. You know, I think uh, he got a lot out of John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson. Um, which, shit, didn't mention them at, at all in the best actor or supporting mm. actor categories, but probably should have. Um, but damn, man, I don't know. where. Like, I don't know that I put them above anybody that we did, Nam. You know, like, that's... That's just a... A testament to how powerful the nineties are here. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was like, if I was going to do anything, it'd be Samuel L. Jackson in a best supporting role. And yeah, he would have slid in there above Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic park, Mm. but he wouldn't have won over Morgan Freeman. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, true. Mm. But no, I'm, uh, I, I think if I was to pick one between Pulp Fiction and Goodfellas, I, I would go to Goodfellas. I'd watch Goodfellas um, ten times again before I watched Pulp Fiction. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel okay. I think uh, I think in the only reason I was putting Pulp Fiction up there too is just how iconic and how like 
as a film, you know, like it's it's regarded oh, as it's, you know, one of the greats so you know, well and everything. Done, but you but know, uh, uh it's 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 got that Tarantino touch with all the uh, absurd violence and uh and so on and so forth. But in my opinion, I I honestly think Tarantino's a little overrated and a little. I think uh, so too. I think he's just a. I think he's flashy, and I think uh, people there, there's there are things to like about his films, obviously. But uh, he's a weird I don't guy know. too. He's a weird guy. He makes me uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So maybe a little personal bias there against Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I I do think Scorsese for Goodfellas. I don't think anyone's going to be able to argue it's, Scorsese it's winning a Best Scorsese. Director. Yeah, it's, uh, it's for the nineties. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's Martin Scorsese. There's no. Uh, it's not <laughs> like he's not up there with with these other guys. He's yeah. It's uh yeah. Right, no, I'm right. I'm definitely comfortable giving it giving it to him him here for Goodfellas. Hmm. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And with that, let's go over these uh, these previous winners. The Best Writer. Of the 70s was George Lucas mm. for American Graffiti and Star Wars. Best writer of the 80s was Tom Shulman for Dead Poets Society. And 90s goes to uh, uh, John Singleton for Boys in the Hood. Uh, best director of the 70s was Francis Ford Coppola for Godfather 1 and 2 and Apocalypse Now. Uh, director of the 80s was Stanley Kubrick for The Shining. Mm. And now the '90s gives us Martin Scorsese for Goodfellas, so that's a pretty good that's a pretty good secession there, I'd mm. say. Um, and hell hell of a first half of this award show here: uh, Truman Show winning set design, Matrix winning costume design, Jurassic Park winning soundtrack, Denzel winning best actor, Morgan Freeman winning best supporting actor, Lorraine Bracco winning best actress, Gwyneth Paltrow winning best supporting actress. Best Director, Martin Scorsese, and Best Writer, Boys in the Hood. Um, and that gives us two Goodfellas winners from Lorraine Bracco and Martin Scorsese. Gives us two seven winners for Morgan Freeman and Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm. Uh, gives Shawshank uh, one win for Best Supporting Actor with Morgan Freeman. Gives Boys in the Hood a win for Best Writer. Uh mm. Worked itself gives out Malcolm, well. Yeah, Better Malcolm than... X mm-hmm. gets a win. Jurassic Park gets a win. The Matrix gets a win. The Truman Show gets a win. That's a lot of different movies. Only a couple getting repeats there. Um, mm. But a little love everywhere. A little bit of love everywhere. So I'm, I'm loving that. Loving that. But what we're really here for <laughs> is our fun-ass awards. You know, we did we did a whole hour on the real shit. Let's get to the fun shit. Um. This is where we we take our own liberties. This is all opinion opinionated. It's uh, not critical. We got some categories like best at being the best, best at being the worst, worst at being the best, class clown, most likely to succeed, most likely to end up jail or in jail or dead, dream blunt rotation, nightmare blunt rotation, biggest simp, best pair, and best hair. Mm. Um, feeling uh feeling pretty good about it. So uh, you know what? We're gonna top the show off with that best pair category because. There's a lot there. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that at the end there. So mm. let's start with uh, with something simple down the middle. Who's the best at being the best? Okay. We got, uh, I mean, Neo. Yeah, that's, that's who, uh, that's, I mean, I think Neo, Morpheus, Morpheus, Trinity. Um, and Trin- yeah, like just all, him, like yeah, all him, of- uh, 
and Morph. Yeah, that's that's a that's a strong three uh, to start off with. That's a just, really that's a really strong just three. in one movie there. Um, let's see. No, no, no. Maybe uh maybe Forrest Gump. Mm. Yeah, that's all he knows. Um, yeah, not when is when is he ever bad? You know, when is when is our boy Forrest ever? No, nah, yeah, you know, like he's uh, he's that dude. He's that dude. Oh. You know, he he's, he scored a fucking touchdown on a kick return for Alabama, and like didn't even know that what he was doing. Mm. You know, uh, we gotta run that way. Ace Ventura. Um, Ooh, that you know, makes the best. He's, he's, the yeah, best. Sa- saving the animals. You know, doing. I I, I can get get behind that. Um, Hell yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I, I'm when, feeling pretty good about that. You know, yeah. the, the Matrix trilogy. Of uh, of characters Neo Trinity and Morpheus, Forrest Gump and Ace Ventura, those feel like the best of the best. Those are the best of us. Mm. Um, Conversely, do we go to the best at being yeah. the worst, or the worst at being the best? You know, who's who's who just can't quite get there at being the best? Who's, maybe. who's good, but like, man, you're you suck at this. Um, I'd say uh, Dumb and Dumber, um, yeah, intentionally yeah. good, but just. It's that's the whole point of the movie almost. Uh, Yeah, it is. You know, like they're uh, they keep trying (laughs) and they keep trying and they 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 keep succeeding, but don't know how or why. Um, So I think I think Dumb and Dumber are definitely the the worst at being the best. Uh, (laughs) Pretty much. uh, Pretty much. No doubt. Um, uh, Maybe. I was thinking Matt Damon's character in Goodwill Hunting. Hmm. You know, one of the smartest, smartest men alive. If, if we're if we're if we're talking from Selvig's perspective, from hmm. Stellan Skarsgård's perspective, man, that guy's the worst at being the best. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hmm. Okay, there we go. Maybe. Uh, oh, what's his name? The guy in Jurassic Park the, who created the park. You know, he, uh, he had some, some good intent, you know, cool stuff, but he, you know, just took it maybe a little, a little, a, a step too far, mm. you know, uh, I'm sorry. Well, I, I missed, uh, his name. Hammond. 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 That's right. Um, you know, you know, who might be the best amongst the best at being the best is Dr. Dr. Ian Malcolm. Um, or not best to be in the worst, best to be in the best. Uh, I loved me some Ian Malcolm played by Jeff Goldblum. In uh, in Jurassic Park, that man was uh, that man was the shit. Mm. Um, mm. Okay, yeah, th- that's a good roundup there. Um, mm. Now, who do we hate? You know, who do who we is hate the best through the nineties at being the worst? I mean, I don't know how you don't you don't you aren't drawn to Agent Smith, man. Straight off rip, you got to go Agent Smith from the Matrix. That man's a nightmare. Uh, he does a really good job at being hateable. Cypher, got to throw him in there, too. Uh, Cypher, fuck Cypher. Oh, yeah, got fuck that guy. Um, Let's see. Truman Show, I'd say. I'd say the creator. Kristoff, the creator? Um, uh, Yeah, that's... It got a little too far. Uh, Playing God there, a little little too much. A little bit much. Um, Um, The the lawyer in Jurassic Park, who's like, we're going to make millions off this. 
No, I want it to be accessible. Fine, we'll have a coupon day. Mm. Fuck you, guy. <laughs> Eat my dick in my balls. Mm. Ah, true. There we go. Um, let's see. Well, sucks. Scar. Um, Scar blue, man. Yeah, Scar. Scar sucks. Uh, fuck that guy. What was his name? Killed before? Mufasa. His name wasn't always Jeremy Scar. Um, who? Oh. I was. I said the real. I said the oh, actor's name. No, his because uh, his name wasn't always Scar because he didn't always have the Scar. I think his name was like it literally translated to shit. Um, no before, shit. Yeah, because his name wasn't. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Aka. Yeah, waste. Basically, it translates to shit. That was his name before he Damn. got Scar, uh, which is just hilarious. Oh, um, best of being the worst. The fucking warden in Shawshank Redemption. What was his name? Warden. Warden. Norton. Warden Norton. Warden Norton. Um, yeah, he, uh, that guy sucked. Thank, thankfully, Andy got him. You know, at the end there. Yeah, got his um, ass. Got him. Could he couldn't do anything other than than uh, blow his brains out? I guess at the end, you know, that, that's the only option he saw left. Uh, wasn't going to be a prisoner in his own prison. You know, that he's already nah. already signing his death warrant there. Can you imagine? Yeah, you know, he, he goes to jail. He's dying. Can you imagine they put him in jail there? You know, Ooh. like what would happen? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't last long. I don't think. Um, let's see. I think anyone else. I'm feeling pretty hate? good about that yeah. list for best of being the worst. Agent Smith, Cypher, Kristoff, the Jurassic Park lawyer and Warden Norton. <laughs> That's a good collection of fuck boys. Mm. Um, I have I have no doubt. Um, but yeah, who's the, who's the class clown? Who's, 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 I mean, it's gotta be Jim Carrey. I, yep. I wasn't, yeah. Jim Carrey for everything. Um, yeah, and I don't think, I, I think he might win. Like, I don't think we need another class clown. Like that's, he's Jim Carrey. He, he's, he is the class clown. I guess honorable um, mention, maybe Forrest unintentionally, um, you know, <laughs> may, you know, maybe just an unintentional class clown. Um, He's, you know, he has has his funny moments, and and you he know, does have his funny, uh, fun, funny move. But Jim Carrey, yeah, that's uh, Jim Carrey's. I mean, how do you, he four four out of our sixteen? He's the class clown. There's no doubt. Uh, it's a guarantee. Hey, most likely to succeed. Give me Andy Dufresne, man. Give me Andy Dufresne. Uh, that man is gone to succeed. He must. He will. Yeah, it's spelled very weird. <laughs> I'll just copy that one. Um, oh, and uh, do that there. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dufresne. Yeah. Um, uh, Dufresne. What up? Yeah, Andy Dufresne. I think he's got to be most likely to succeed. And, hey, you know what? He's also most likely to end up in jail. Uh, or I guess not end up in jail. He ended up outside of jail. Mm-hmm. Even um, even jail couldn't hold him. You know, prison exactly. couldn't hold that man. I'd say, I'd say, Will Hunting deserves uh, to be up there too. Oh yes, um, even definitely most likely to succeed. Will Hunting. Let's see, maybe okay. Um, Truman, you know, I, when he's in the real world, that dude is hey. gonna do nothing but succeed. Truman Burbank. Um, that man's that man's on the grind. Um, Neo, yeah, these, uh, Neo, yeah, he is the like, one. You know, he he has to. Hey, these succeed. are these are the four that we've been that we've been comparing. You know, we were like Shawshank, Goodwill Hunting, Truman Show, and The Matrix. Like we hit we hit a run there that was just like, hey, free your mind, free yourself, free like liberatory rhetoric, man. And they they fucking nailed it. Hmm. Um, that's a strong four there. Um, yeah, yeah. 
don't think we really need to include anyone else. I think that's uh Yeah, Andy Dufresne, I mean Will Hunting, Truman Burbank, and Neo, they are the most likely to succeed. Uh most likely to end up in jail or dead. Uh Andy Dufresne, uh um literally literally went yeah, to prison. I guess uh, you know, maybe not most like well, I mean they're well, all there. He also didn't uh, end up in jail. True. I guess you know what? Uh initially yeah, maybe they don't no, they don't deserve to be there. No, that's that's not what defines them. I don't nah, yeah, yeah, you know. Like we've had we've had some pretty terrible people mm. and the most likely to end up in jail or dead. So I say we kick it off with Warden Norton if we're gonna if we're gonna get real here. And uh along with Clancy Brown's character, the the guard who uh who committed his assassination for him of Ooh. the uh what did he Uh, Captain Hadley. Ugh. That man sucked. Man, fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to add him up at, um, add him up there and, uh, best at being the worst. Cause yeah, that guy, that guy sucked. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Um, let's see. Um, Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Sorry, um, too soon. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> put her there. Paltrow and Seven. I, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not gonna put her there. Her head in a box. Um, not not gonna put her there. That that's just. I I can't do that. Um, <laughs> ooh ooh. Who was the uh, in Train Spotting? The the guy who wasn't an oh, addict. Car- Robert um, Carlyle's uh, character. Um, uh, fucking. Uh, oh, what was his name? Bigby. Begby. 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 Um. Shite state of affairs, isn't it, Begby? Mm. Um, I think including Begby there is good. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say so too. I He's mean, also a in uh, in Pulp Fiction. You got a Ooh. got probably a couple there that are probably likely to end up dead. Um, some of them uh, ended yeah, up. That's John Travolta's character. Mm-hmm. Um, he does end up dead. Um, what's his name there? Uma Thurman's character. Vincent Vega. Like she's on a uh, yep. yeah, Vincent Vega. Seems like she's on a uh, Uma Thurman's character. Mm. Seems like she was on a road to a potential death. Um, you know, she nearly OD'd on yeah, Wallace on some skag. True. Um, maybe uh, just throwing in Dumb and Dumber in there. Uh, surprising that they they didn't die through you know a lot a lot of the things that I could see them did. accidentally going to jail too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'd say that's that's. And maybe just the entire cast of Goodfellas, um, just mob related. Um, give Goodfellas a. I, I, we haven't really mentioned Goodfellas in here yet, but just uh, being in the mob, you know, it's it's a you're yeah, likely to end up jail or, or you know in jail or dead there uh, if you're just in that life. Um, hey, at the end of this, we ought to go through and use these as our nominees. Mm. Like what we list out as like nominees, and we pick. Who would be the who's the best at being the worst? Ooh, who's the best at being okay, the best? I like that. Uh, yeah. Maybe we go back and we select a winner from the previous decades just to give us a succession mm. here. Um, yeah, so you you get to be a part of the nominee system for this one. It's just <laughs> a uh, or not not you, but the listener mm-hmm. uh, gets to be a part of the nominee system for this one, and we get to we get to choose live on air. But uh, yeah, except for Dream Blunt Rotation and Nightmare Blunt Rotation, these are uh, that's a group. You know that has yeah, to. Yeah, it's a group. It's a, it has to be a group. Um, um, but yeah, Ace Ventura goes immediately in that Dream Blunt rotation. Uh, he has to be there. I have 
I have zero zero doubts. Uh, will hunting definitely a part of that? Post therapy, <laughs> pre therapy. He's in the nightmare. Uh, blunt rotation because you know he's just gonna get high and and just nitpick and explain every possible little thing. But uh, yeah. but him post revelation after he goes gets the girl. I think he'd be a cool addition. You know, like if you ever need to know anything, be like, hey, will you know? Uh, you know, he's basically Google. Um, and yeah. or you know, for there. Um, so I, I think he he'd be pretty cool, pretty cool in there. I I um, I feel you there. I feel you there. Give me a. Red. Ooh, oh yeah. Give me red. I, got I, it. Need... I gotta have red with me. I'm, Morpheus. I'm, I'm one Morpheus Duh. up in there. Yeah, I'm. I'm I want Morpheus in there with me. Um, that's for yeah, sure. We're gonna get. We're gonna be token. You know, Morpheus has to be there. And like, yeah, if I'm. I gotta know what Forrest Gump's like. Hi. You know, I. I gotta. I gotta that one's just. On. I don't know if 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 he'd be good there. I just have to know uh, what that what what he would be like. I think he'd be a, a fun addition. Um, I think he'd be a hoot. He'd be a hoot. Let's see. Man. Um, <laughs> you want Mufasa there? I um, mean, I'd like to <laughs> smoke out a lion at some point. Yeah. I think that'd be maybe Mufasa and Nala. Just, uh, Mufasa and Nala can just, uh, can come, can come bull. Come along. Um, uh, anyone in Jurassic Park? Ooh, Jeff Goldblum. Give me, give, yeah, give me Ian Malcolm, man. I got to have Jeff Goldblum with me. Uh, no, no doubts about that. Pretty strong. Um, Ooh, and you know, you know give me get with more with Morpheus. You got to give me Furious Styles from Boys in the Hood, Lawrence Fishburne's character. Mm. That man was strong. True, true. Let's see, are we missing anyone crucial here? Train spotting. I feel like it's just not a good idea to throw anyone they in there. Maybe all um, in the nightmare blunt rotation yeah, because um, at any point, Begbie. He might beat your ass for smoking weed. The others might bring out the heroin. And, uh, you know, that's where the party ends for me. Hmm. Um, I think for Dream, the entirety though, of the train spotting group. Dream, I think we got everyone that, uh. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, Ace Ventura, Will Hunting, Red, Morpheus, Forrest Gump, Mufasa, and Nala, <laughs> Ian Malcolm, and Furious Styles. Come on. Come on. We're out here worshiping life. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Will Hunting pre-therapy probably in the Nightmare Blunt rotation. Um, Warden Norton, of course, uh, he'll he'll probably shoot you. Maybe the T Rex. Um, oh yeah, I'm not fucking with that guy. <laughs> uh, the Velociraptors, any cool. of the dinosaurs in the Jurassic Park. Well, not all. Um, you know, you got you got the Brachiosaurus. Oh, you know, give me the Brachiosaurus. The, you know, the, like I'll, oh, I'll smoke out the Brachiosaurus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna Google that one real quick. Um how to spell that thank you google um wasn't gonna attempt it on my own um there we go and then and then every dinosaur but the brachiosaurus um but the brachiosaurus and the nightmare um i feel uh, is is pretty fitting there um let's see other nightmare 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 um yes the mask? I don't know. I don't. I feel like that would just freak me out. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not fucking um, with Stanley if kiss the mask. Um, that might be it for me. How? Um, I'm not. I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling him in in the circle there. Ip kiss. There it is. Um, um Bruce Willis's character. Ooh. 
in Pulp Fiction, Butch Coolidge, Butch. Fuck no, I'm not. I'm not letting Butch anywhere near me while we're while we're smoking up. Mm. Um, Let's see. Seven, the the serial killer. Um, what? Oh what, yeah. What's, fuck, what's fuck no John Doe? Yeah, true. Um, don't don't want him up in there. Um, at all. The warden. Um, warden Norton and warden Norton. and um and Captain Hadley. Um. Aiden Smith, ops. Nah, I'm good. Uh, Aiden's agent. Agent. Smith. Okay, I'm like Aiden. I'm like, wait, what, what was that from? But yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Aiden Smith would be someone we know in real life. Yeah, I was like, uh, hmm, interesting. What movie was that from? <laughs> um, but <laughs> let's see. Anyone from Goodfellas? Uh, you know what? I don't think anyone in Goodfellas makes the dream blunt rotation. You know, Joe Pesci's character might make the Nightmare Blunt rotation, though. Uh, <laughs> that man lost it a couple times if you looked at him wrong. So I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with uh, mm. Tommy DeVito. Mm. Oh, uh, my bad. That man was scary. Mm. Let's see. I think we got. Yeah, we got. We got Furious Styles there. Um, I guess. Would you want to smoke up with Malcolm X? My thing is, if I remember correctly, Malcolm X wasn't feeling weed. Um, I don't, I don't recall if he was like, I, mm. I, I believe he wasn't digging that. I believe, we'll I, if out, I remember correctly, out of respect. yeah, out of respect, um, you know, like he doesn't want to be a part of it. He doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um, um, so I think that's where I went with it. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, just in general, he had a few roles in the nineties. He was in Goodfellas in, in, uh, in Jurassic Park in Pulp Fiction I'd, I'd like to smoke with Samuel L. Jackson. You know, he's our, I think I had Alfred Molina in the last Dream Blunt rotation. So uh, I can, I can comfortably throw Samuel L. Jackson here and feel, feel good about it. All rules. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. I think maybe Cypher and Nightmare. Um, possibly. Cypher is, yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm not feeling Cypher particularly. He might pull the plug out of me. I think we we got a. I think we got a good good balance. Oh here. yeah, oh yeah. So in the dream blunt rotation, we got Ace Ventura, Will Hunting, Post Therapy, mm-hmm. Red, Morpheus, Forrest Gump, Mufasa and Nala, Doctor Ian Malcolm, Furious Styles, the Brachiosaurus, and Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, and the Nightmare <laughs> Blunt rotation, the the fucking <laughs> saying Brachiosaurus and Samuel L. Jackson was just the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare Blunt rotation. Everybody in train spotting, will hunting, pre-therapy, every other dinosaur but the Brachiosaurus, Stanley Ipkiss, Butch, John Doe, Warden Norton and Captain Hadley, Agent Smith, Tommy DeVito, and Cypher. Uh, yeah, couldn't catch me near them. Mm, there we go. I think, yeah, that's a, that's a strong, strong group for both of them there. I think, uh, I'd say so. Really I'd say so. Out, but, uh, okay. Um, whom's? Are the biggest simps Truman Burbank? I don't for... know if it's really simp, but but he's oh, he's simp. he's pulling out the magazines. He's making her face. You know, oh, that's and, simp uh, behavior, so, bro. So he was the first one uh, to come come to my mind uh, for simp. Oh yeah, he's simping there. Truman Burbank. That's a good choice. I guess is uh, is Trinity kind of simping for Neo? Maybe is like uh, I think uh, I, I don't think know. a simp has to be shameless. She can't. Have any reservations? It's got to be yeah. True. Yeah. I've I've I'm simping for you shamelessly. Um, 
I think uh, I think Truman Burbank might be our premier example of a simp. I'm trying to think of any other. Let's see. Oh, uh, Jim Carrey's character in Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Floyd Christmas <laughs> goes all the way to Aspen to follow somebody, or Lloyd Christmas maybe. I can't remember. Lloyd, Floyd, Lloyd. Lloyd. yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd. Um, Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Lloyd. Um, yeah, <laughs> Lloyd Christmas. You know, Jim Carrey's got the simp role down. Um. True. Def. Yeah. Def- <laughs> Maybe just Jim Carrey as a, I guess. In- oh. Oh shit. Um. Give me a Sean McGuire, Robin Williams, and Goodwill Hunting. He had to see about a girl. You know, he's not. He's not gonna be. He's not pulling up to the game, man. He's not pulling up to game six. Is it? Uh. I, I don't. I only know it's McGuire because it was what was on his. It was on his. Uh mailbox at the end of the movie it's, mm. i think it was m-a-g-u-i-r-e but uh mm. yeah Sean, yeah i think uh you know he had to go see about a girl so uh that's true i'm, fe- um, I'm feeling pretty confident with him there okay fair fair let's run through let's see simps no i guess simba for nala maybe Oh wait, why am I saying Mufasa and Nala? Yeah, what? Oh, I was. How did I? Mi- I, I mixed up Mufasa. It's Simba. Hello. Um, I mean, I would also like to smoke up with Mufasa, true. though. I guess yeah. No, well, no, compl- let's just, no complaints let's just here. Put them all in there. I guess why not? Um, but yeah, I, well, I was really going for Simba and Nala, not Mufasa. Yeah, and Nala. I feel you though. Um, but okay, there we go. Um, Simba, you know, kind of simp. He's on flip that B around. He got Simba. Um, he, hey, can you feel that? Can you feel that love tonight? Oh, true. Um, um, let's see. Um, Ace Ventura wasn't really anti-sim, for, uh, if anything. Yeah, you know, the opposite of a sim. Um, <laughs> uh, so out of the impressive about his role there, yeah, out of the Jim Carrey, you know, he's usually simping as Jim Carrey, but but he's he's an anti-simp there. Um, he's <laughs> to, to be sure. To be oh, sure. But, mm. um, but yeah, I think that I think I'm pre- I'm sitting pretty with the biggest simps here mm. and Truman Burbank, Lloyd Christmas, Sean McGuire, and Simba. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's pretty outstanding. But uh looking back on back through these nineties movies, uh who had the best hair? Who who I think Ace Ventura's gotta be an early early contender. Mm-hmm. Um he had some pretty legendary hair up there. Um Man, um, Morpheus, the distinct lack of. I dig it. That's that's meta there. Um, yeah, you feel me. You feel me. Ooh, John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. He had the long hair going. Oh yeah, Vincent Vega. He had he had a pretty strong a pretty strong hair appearance there. Um, mm, pretty normal. Normal hair in seven. Uh, Shawshank. Yeah, I feel like we're getting pretty, pretty normal hair the rest of the way. Yeah, pretty normal there. Forest. Pretty normal. Ooh, we could also go with uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character in Pulp Fiction. He also had some pretty kick Oh, yes. Fro, his, fro yes. Was, his fro was strong. Yes, no, he deserves uh, to be The fro there. was strong with Jules that one. Winfield. Winfield. God, what a name. Jules Winfield. Um... But yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that list. Um, 
I think Ice Cube had the Jerry curl in Boys in the Hood, if I'm not mistaken, which is pretty strong. I guess this kind of includes facial hair too. Um, you know, true, it's it's the true. whole the whole hair look. Um, I, I, I'm I'm comfortable putting putting Ice Cube in. There. I'm trying to think of like some distinct hair looks for for women over the course of the, the course of the decade, and I. Mm. Uh, I think Trinity had a pretty distinct one, but I don't know if I'd, I'd define it as best hair. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Trinity certainly had distinct hair. Um, I liked Lorraine Bracco's hair and Goodfellas. Um, mm. But th- those are more serious best hair. Like, oh yeah, you had, you had really nice hair. Um, beyond that, I'm think I think we're sitting pretty mm. with uh, Ace Ventura, Morpheus, Vincent Vega, Jules Winfield, and Ice Cube. I think yeah, that's good. And now, now the best pair. Here we go. Now this is going to be a fun nominees list to choose from. I say we uh I say we kick it off top with Neo and Trinity. Um, that feels that feels like a strong one. Um. Perhaps Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield, Neo and Morpheus. Um, sorry, what? What was uh, Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield? It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, Pulp Fiction, pretty iconic pairing there. Um, Dumb and Dumber. True. Sim- hey, now we can throw Simba and Nala at it. Let's throw Simba and Nala at it. Um, Forrest and Jenny. Nah, nah. Fuck Forrest and Jenny. Give me Forrest and Bubba Gump. You know what? Yes. Um, thank you. Um, that that does work a lot better. I'm trying to go one per movie too. Mm-hmm. You know, I got. I, I, I don't need. To, I don't need too much more than that. Um, who you throw Truman with? I'm interested. Uh, the. Sylvia, right? Sylvia. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, right. It's, it's the payoff. Oh, um, Andy and Red from the Shawshank Redemption. What a strong pairing they were. Ooh, uh, oh, Brad Pitt and Matt Damon. yeah. Uh, oh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Not just on screen, also behind the Ooh, scenes. Let's just, let's just put them at the real name. I leave out the, the K. Is is there a K at the end of Affleck? Yes, there is. Thought so. Looked right. Good. Yes, there is. Um, yes, there is. Um, another Morgan Freeman. Uh, I'd say. Ooh, yeah. Somerset and Mills. Uh, Mills. Yeah. Yeah. Somerset and Mills is strong. That's strong. Um. I mean, De Niro and Pesci and Goodfellas. Mm. Those were James. boys. Mm. James Conway and Tom and Tommy DeVito. But yeah, I think uh Conway, not Conway, Conway. There we go. Hmm, are we missing? Let's see. We got Truman, we got Goodwill. Train spotting? I don't know that there's any duo in particular yeah. I take there. Uh seven um, we got, maybe... Shawshank we got, Forest we got. Pulp Fiction, we got Dumb Dumber, we got The Mask. Nah, 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 nah. Ace Ventura. Nah. Um, Ace Ventura and Dan Marino. <laughs> nah, but uh, maybe uh, 
and the dolphin and the animal kingdom. <laughs> I, I, I can dig that. Ooh, Jurassic kingdom. Park. Uh, the, the the archaeologist. Yeah, you, could have Doc, uh, you could have Grant and uh, Ellie. I think they're they're a good duo. Um, is it is Grant his first name or last? I feel like that was his last that was his last name. name yeah. Um, Grant. I'll just put Grant and Ellie. Not just no doctor. I'll just do Grant and Ellie. Um, I feel. It's, I mean, man. I feel like we've got every every. Every movie that we possibly could. Let's see. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good a good layout for us to choose mm. from. So uh, I say we go through this now and we pick category by category of our nominees. At best, at being the worst, who's the worst? Of the worst. We got Agent Smith, Cipher, Kristoff, the Creator, the Lawyer in Jurassic Park, Warden Norton, or Captain Hadley. Hey man, I'm not gonna cap. Fuck Agent Smith and fuck Cipher, but Warden Norton is the worst of us. He does suck. That dude using, you know, he's he's what was his two things? He's about uh, discipline and the Bible yeah, or something like that. The you know, he's, you yeah, and like how how you know hypocritical can can you can you really get there? And yeah, uh, you know, at least Agent Smith was actually a robot. True. You know, Warden Norton's a human who acts that way. Uh, I feel like he's, both he's of the them absolute yeah, worst. Yeah, I feel like the worst. I was almost going to say Captain Hadley, but it's like he just he's kind of following. Hey, he's at the borders, but he likes Norton. it though. You know, he, he does enjoy it. I think he does enjoy. But it. no, it's it's yeah, it's this guy. Fuck, fuck this guy. Fuck um, Warden fuck Norton. Norton. He is the '90s best at being the worst. And if you will, with me. Let's head up to the 80s and take a look up at who was the best to be in the worst year. We had Mr. Vernon from The Breakfast Club and <laughs> Neil's dad from Dead Poets Society. Um, <laughs> hey, and frankly, fuck Mr. Vernon. I think Neil's dad was the absolute worst. Uh, that man sucked. He was my least favorite. Mm. Um, so the secession as of right now, we got 90s with Warden Norton, 80s with Neil's dad. And uh, the seventies best at being the worst included Steve <laughs> and the mayor from Jaws. Uh, a and fuck Steve. It's always fuck Steve, you know. But the mayor from Jaws was was the worst of the worst. Um, technically, we, mayor yeah, we, terrible suit coat ass boy. That, that, yeah, his suit jackets were were pretty terrible. That, that's enough to to hate him. And then for what he does, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck the mayor, <laughs> fuck the mayor, um, fuck Neil's dad, and and fuck Ward Norton, you know. And there you go. That's the secession there. So, in the nineties, who's the best at being the best? Our options here are Neo, Trinity, Morpheus, Forrest Gump, Ace Ventura, and Doctor Ian Malcolm. Hey, Amen. If we're going truly based off of this. This decade alone, what happens in these movies? I think it's Morpheus. <laughs> Dude, I love Morpheus. That man was truly the best at being the best. The way he took the fall for the crew, uh, the way they went back to save him, because he's worth it. You know, he's Morpheus. That's the legend. Mm. Uh, and frankly, you know what's funny? Second place for me is Ace Ventura. Mm. Um, 
<laughs> which is just so funny. Uh, in a category with Neo. Um, <laughs> True. I've got Ace Ventura. But so 90s best at being the best. We've got Morpheus as portrayed by Lawrence Fishburne. Heading back up to the 80s. Are you taking John Keating from Dead Poet Society as portrayed by Robin Williams or Ellen Ripley from Aliens? I think you'd take Ellen Ripley I from Aliens. That woman was the shit. The, um, the mother-daughter thing there. Like just oh man, it it hardly gets better. And than she's that. just it badass really in her own right. Um, you know, I, yeah, I'm I'm taking Ellen Ripley there. And I don't even need to look at the '70s to tell you it was Luke Skywalker. That's true. Yeah, there's a there's no doubt about that one. That guy is he's a good guy. He's what a good guy. So our succession, the best at being the best across the '70s, '80s, and '90s is Luke Skywalker, Ellen Ripley. And Morpheus. Um, that's strong. That's a strong three there. And now, for the 90s worst at being the best, I think it almost certainly has to go to Dumb and Dumber. Uh, <laughs> they're far and away the worst at being the best. Uh, I mean, we had the options of Will Hunting and Dr. Hammond, uh, or Mr. Hammond. I, doubt, I don't even think he was a doctor, but... Dumb and Dumber, they are they are truly the best. That's the movie, but they're <laughs> terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> then in the eighties, we got Carl the janitor from the Breakfast He's Club. He's alone <laughs> for worst of being the best. And in the seventies, we've got we've got two options. We can take Martin Brody from Jaws, or we can take Hawkeye Pierce from Mash. Uh, and hey, I gotta go Martin Brody mm. uh, just because like. I respect what you're doing. You're trying your best, man. You could have done more. You're kind of, you're kind of weak, mm. <laughs> kind of a weakling up until the end of the movie when he finally gets, uh, gets to tell that bitch to smile. And um, yeah, this this upcoming one, class clown. This uh, this is uh pretty easy, pretty uh set in stone here. Yeah, the '90s class clown, no doubts about it. That's Jim Carrey. He dominated this era, and. Uh, <laughs> If I have to go with the 70s, our 80s class clowns, we had the options of Nuwanda from uh, Dead Poet Society, and we had Barf from Spaceballs. <laughs> you know, let's give Spaceballs a win here in something, you know? The, let's give it the dub. And, yeah. uh, you know, Barf is the 80s class clown. Um, <laughs> and then up at the 70s, class clown goes to Hooper mm. from Jaws. So 70s Hooper, 80s Barf. <laughs> And 90s Jim Carrey. <laughs> Man. That's outstanding. Um, now let's, let's, let's take it to most likely to succeed. We got Andy Dufresne, Will Hunting, Truman Burbank, and Neo. Who do you feel is the most likely to succeed? You know, I feel, you know, Truman, he's going to go out there and he's he's the most famous person. But I feel like there's some people that could maybe that want to kill him for some reason. You know, like they're jealous of or possibly. I don't know. I feel like that, you know, he, you know, with fame, with fame comes the exactly comes some, some damaging. Um, uh, and, you know, and he's a smart guy, but he's not as smart as, good, you know, as Will Hunting, you know. Um, and I don't know though. I mean, he's pretty, he's a pretty calculated. He's resourceful. Um, he's resourceful. But I mean, Neo, 
Man's a superhero. He's the one. And he's like kind of destined to have to work out almost, you know. He's like, like he uh, is truly the most likely to succeed. It is predestined. Um so yeah, I think I'm with you. I think Neo is our most likely to succeed for the 90s, which is a pretty pretty awesome little uh, little tidbit for him. Uh but our most likely to succeed <laughs> options for <laughs> the 80s. That trinity there. Are, yeah, from from the Terminator, they ha- it's another kind of predestined one. Uh, you know, like that love triangle. I or I, Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese, and John Connor. Um, you know, the parents and the child Brian? in that infinite time loop to preserve it. And Brian from the Breakfast oh, Club, okay. just uh, just a smart kid. <laughs> uh, I'd <laughs> I'd give it to Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese, and John Connor for most likely to succeed there in the uh, in the eighties and up in the seventies. We've got Sante and the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, which I'm feeling feeling very good about. They are the most likely to That's succeed. That's That gives man. us, mm. you know, Sante, uh, the Terminator trilogy with Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese, and John Connor, and Neo as our most likely to succeed across the decades. Um, now, this is going to be a fun one. Who is the single most likely to end up in jail or dead? Hey man, all these people are terrible, but on paper, like you give me a rundown of just the personalities. I don't know. I don't know much more about them than that. Begbie's got to go to jail, man. Begbie's got to go. Probably to jail. been there a few times already. You know, like uh, I don't know. Yeah, that dude. He's asking for trouble all the time. That's what. That's what he does. Um, I, his addiction with people. Mm. I'd say I'm comfortable giving it to Begbie there for sure. Um, yeah, Begbie definitely most likely to end up in jail. Um, we've had we had a few up here for the '80s too. We had John Bender, Tony Montana, and the Spaceballs, and it feels only right to go Tony Montana here. Uh, definitely ended up dead. ended up dead, dead. Yeah, very dead. Shot fifty or so times. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And then our 70s most likely to end up in jail or dead, Travis Bickle yeah, yeah. from Taxi Driver. Yeah. Also, we think probably dead. Travis Bickle, Tony Montana, and Begbie <laughs> for most likely to end up in jail or dead. We got two. We got Tony Montana, a fucking crime kingpin. Travis Bickle. <laughs> I think Travis Bickle and Begbie could hang you out. You know, I, uh, maybe we do pick someone out of uh, the I'm going to say, maybe, you know, for the. For the Dream Blunt rotation, pick three. Of the of the options we have, pick three people. You're passing around one blunt. You don't want too many people there. You know, four four max. Uh we've got options in Ace Ventura, Will Hunting, Red from the Shawshank Redemption, Morpheus, Forrest Gump, Mufasa, Simba, and Nala, Dr. Ian Malcolm, Furious Styles, the Brachiosaurus. And Samuel L. Jackson. So, who are you feeling is, you know what? Let's go three others besides us. You know, we're there. Me and you are there. Um, and then three, three more people there. Um, out of my three that I'm picking, I immediately just went to Ace Ventura. Has got to be there. I grouped Morpheus and Furious Styles there because I mean they're both uh, Lawrence, Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne, so I wouldn't get there. And then Samuel L. Jackson. You know that that's just a Jim Carrey. Lawrence Fishburne and Samuel L. Jackson. That's just pretty, pretty. Cool. Yeah, give me that, um, man. I, I, nothing sounds better than that, frankly. Um, but 
maybe if we were all riding upon the back of a Brachiosaurus. That's true. Um, Ooh. Shit. Are those the three or no? I, I just kind of so, jumped. I just um, just was doing it as a to grab three, but maybe. Hey, here's my thing. I think I think you did pick. I think you did pick right. I think Ace Ventura. But we got I, like we either got to make Morpheus and Furious Styles just Lawrence Fishburne, or we got to pick one. Mm. Uh, I think I'd. Ooh, I'd rather Morpheus. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel like if we're gonna smoke up with Ace Ventura, Morpheus, and Samuel L. Jackson, I guess do we have uh, to pick a role for Samuel L. Jackson necessarily? I guess his roles, yeah. I wouldn't so much. I I mean, I'd smoke with Jules Winfield probably. He was a pretty cool guy. Um, Mm. but his Goodfellas and Jurassic Park roles, eh, take it or leave it. Yeah, we'll we'll uh. Specifically, Jules, though I'd say. Um, All right, yeah. So we go, we go strictly for the strictly characters, not the actors here. Um, Ace Ventura, Morpheus, and Jules Winfield are who we are is in our dream blunt rotation for the '90s. And frankly, that sounds delightful. Now, amongst the '80s dream blunt rotations, I mean, Mm. this one. I might, I'm going Indiana Jones. You know, you got to have, like, so here were the options. We had Hayao Miyazaki, writer of My Neighbor Totoro, The Entire Breakfast Club, Indiana Jones, Marion Ravenwood, Sala, John Keating, Totoro, and the Cat Bus, and Alfred Molina. So I go Indiana Jones. I go John Keating. No doubts about that. Um, And beyond that, Take us anywhere we want to go. Cat bus. Um, Cat bus would be pretty strong. <laughs> I, uh, um, maybe Totoro though would be the the one. I think Totoro would be optimal to optimal to smoke with. You know, I don't need Cat maybe, bus. Maybe Cat bus comes along with Totoro. We we have Totoro. He calls upon Cat bus all the time. You know, so maybe, yeah, you know, like maybe. hey, Cat bus doesn't have to be a part of the smoking. He can just drive us places. <laughs> you know, Cat bus can be there. Um, you know, same with the Brachiosaurus, you know, like in the nineties, the Brachiosaurus is our mode of transportation. Meanwhile, (laughs) you know, it's us, it's us, Ace Ventura, Morpheus and Jules Winfield riding on the back of a Brachiosaurus while in the eighties, you know, it's us, Indiana Jones, John Keating and Totoro riding on cat bus. I think that sounds optimal. And frankly, I need this to happen, uh, at at least in a dream. Hmm. Um, I'll lose a dream one (laughs) night and, and make this happen. Has to. Um, oh, it has hmm. to. Uh, so let's get it to the seventies. Uh, dream blunt rotation. We've got Han and Chewbacca. We've got Hooper from uh, Jaws. Don Vito Corleone from The Godfather. Kurt from American Graffiti. Bob Falfa from American Graffiti. The fir- the thirty fifth head chamber dude. Uh. Wise. He, he could. He was basically using the force. Very wise. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Kurtz, if we put him in a cage, and then kill Gore if he wasn't in the military. Uh, so straight off rip here. I'm taking Han. I'm taking Chewbacca, and I'm taking Don Vito Corleone, and we are chilling. Uh, and you know what? We're on the Millennium Falcon. You know, all of these, all of these have like a mode of transportation now too, which is going to be hilarious. Um, <laughs> Gotta have the Falcon. I mean, it, yeah. What other? 
we're smoking up in the Millennium Falcon with Han, Chewie, and Vito Corleone. <laughs> I love the mode of transportation. That's you gotta have it, nice. dude. I'm glad that's an addition <laughs> I, I I've thought of here and uh, Indy. <laughs> so Han, Chewie, and Vito Corleone aboard the Millennium Falcon, smoking some dope. That's an idyllic adventure. Indiana Jones, John Keating, and Totoro on board the Cat Bus. Quite the adventure. And then in the '90s. We've got Ace Ventura, Morpheus, and Jules Winfield on board the Brachiosaurus. What what a time to be alive! Any of those would be. Um, <laughs> fucking love that. Uh, getting getting specific with it is definitely the move. Limiting it, so I'm I'm excited for the aughts and the tens now that we've got this this format mm. laid out. Um, but in the nightmare blunt rotation. <laughs> Who who's who's absolutely the three we are not smoking with? John Doe, I feel Warren Norton. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I feel like John Doe and Warren Norton are are two that that I just don't want to be there, especially John Doe. Um, yeah, you know, I I think I'd I go John Doe, Agent Smith. And Tommy DeVito, man. Mm. I feel like Joe Pesci is likely to fly off the handle at any moment and kill That's me. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Do we have a nightmare mode of transportation? or a, do- <laughs> Every dinosaur but the Brachiosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it just makes sense. Um, yeah, we're on, back, we're on the back of a T-Rex. Or a Velociraptor. We're, no, we're, yeah. all, we're all riding <laughs> Velociraptors <laughs> side by side. <laughs> Wow, that that is a nightmare. That yeah, That's a okay, nightmare. fair. John Doe, Agent Smith, and Tommy DeVito, all on the backs of Velociraptors. That's wow. That's terrifying. Um, uh, nightmare blunt rotation. The twins from The Shining, uh, the lady in the bathtub from The Shining, the whole motherfucker. All of it's the, the, the Shining. Neil's dad, the aliens and aliens, and Mister Vernon. Um. So if I had to, if I had to pick for the eighties, nightmare blunt rotation, um, I th- I say we keep it uh, we keep it relatively uh, in house, uh, and we go the twins from The Shining, the lady in the bathtub from The Shining, and then the mode of transportation isn't a mode of transportation. We're smoking in the whole motherfucking hotel in The Shining. <laughs> uh, that that all sounds terrifying, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Smoking with the twins and then the lady in the bathtub. That's that's as big a nightmare as it gets. And we would be in the hotel from The Shining. And I can't think of something I'd like less. Um, yeah. That's probably a, that's probably terrible. Mm. Probably terrible. And then on the 70s nightmare blunt rotation, we've got Quint. <laughs> Darth Vader is in there, which is just funny. Um, <laughs> Jaws, the shark itself. <laughs> He's oh, the mode of transportation. Uh, uh, yeah, he is. He is or or maybe uh, the tap, maybe uh, the taxi it, from Taxi Driver. The taxi is the mode of transportation. We're all hot yeah. boxing the taxi with Jaws <laughs> in the back seat. Yes, the mode. Yes, uh, that's the transportation. The shark is involved. I feel. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't need um, Jaws there. <laughs> um, uh, Vader. I I can't imagine Vader's Vader's much fun there. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, nah. No, I don't. I don't even want to think about what he's like. Hi, um, and then uh, one more. 
I mean, if we had taxi driver includes Travis Bickle. Mm-hmm. Because he's the driver. You know, he's part of the yes. mode of transportation. Yes. So I think he, he is included. So is that amid- so is that like our three or we have one more to pick? I think that's it. I think oh, okay. I think okay. we go Travis Bickle, Darth Vader, and Jaws the Shark on board <laughs> the taxi that Travis Bickle is driving. <laughs> oh, that is fucking funny. <laughs> All right, so in the 70s, Dream Blunt rotation is Han and Chewbacca with Don Vito Corleone on board the Millennium Falcon, while our Nightmare Blunt rotation would be Travis Bickle, Darth Vader, and Jaws on board the taxi that Travis Bickle is driving. In the 80s, our Dream Blunt rotation is Indiana Jones, John Keating, and Totoro on board Cat Bus, uh, while our Nightmare Blunt rotation is the Twins from The Shining, the Lady in the Bathtub from The Shining, uh, meanwhile, we are smoking in the hotel from The Shining. Uh, that sounds like hell. And in the 90s, what this was all about, the Dream Blunt rotation is Ace Ventura, Morpheus, and Jules Winfield on the back of the Brachiosaurus. Um, and on, in the Nightmare Blunt rotation, we're smoking with John Doe, Agent Smith, and Tommy DeVito, each on the back of our own Velociraptor. Um <laughs> That sounds like a nightmare. Uh, perfect, perfect. You know, I need to make these graphics happen. <laughs> I need to. I need to figure out I how. Didn't to even make think it. about that. Yeah, graphic wise, to... that'd be nuts. Um, ooh, who who's a bigger simp, Truman Burbank or Lloyd? Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell uh, for my money. Biggest simp in the '90s. We got Truman Burbank, Lloyd Christmas, Sean McGuire, and Simba. Sean McGuire and Simba are out. You know, I love them to death, but they're they're not nearly as big a simp as Truman Burbank or Lloyd. Which Christmas. Jim Carrey's the biggest simp? <laughs> okay, so here's my thing. Truman has a re- a real reason to have kind of latched on. <laughs> the girl talked to Lloyd, uh, and and that was enough because he was you like, she my to name." Mary? <laughs> She talked to me, Harry. Oh, she did? Like, uh, like it's got to be Lloyd Christmas for the biggest simp of the 90s, man. He went all the way to Aspen uh, in search for this girl. They got to Aspen. He didn't even know where she was at. He was just like, we're in Aspen, you know. This is where we start. Um, <laughs> mm, that's fitting. So, yeah, I got to go. I got to go Lloyd Christmas for the biggest simp of the 90s. Up in the 80s, we had Knox Overstreet from Dead Poets Society as the biggest simp. And in the 70s, our options were Kurt, Luke Skywalker, George Lucas, the sh- chef from Apocalypse Now, and Quint for the shark. Um, I got to go Kurt. You know, he spent that whole night uh, after a girl he saw a girl in a window, tell mouth I love you, and he followed her to the ends of the earth. Uh, you know, true. I, uh, true. So our, our our succession there is Kurt is the biggest simp of the 70s, Knox Overstreet, the biggest simp of the 80s, and Lloyd Christmas, the biggest simp of the 90s. Now, who's had the best hair throughout the decades? 90s, we've got options in Ace Ventura, Morpheus, Vincent Vega, Jules Winfield, and Ice Cube. Hey, man. I think Ace Ventura had had the best. There's hair a reason there. we had him down first too. 
you know, is, you know? yeah, he came up first. That's a memorable hairdo. Mm. Very true. Okay. Um, Best hair in the 80s went to Sarah Connor. She was bodying that shit in the Terminator. Um, she was she was queen on her queen shit in there. And then uh, best hair of the 70s. No, no hair stands as iconic as Leia Organa. So we've got Leia Organa, uh, Sarah Connor, and Ace Ventura for the succession of the best hair. Um, I love how he had worst hair in the... Uh... In the seventies, just because of Travis Bickle, just um, for Travis, just Bickle. because of it, yeah, that dude. What was he doing there? That mohawk was um, awful. Well, we also had it in the eighties because uh, Alice, Allison's oh, character and true. I guess did anyone have Seattle bad hair in the nineties? I mean, if we were being like for real about worst hair, it would probably go to Ace Ventura. Um, <laughs> he wins best like, hair and best worst hair. hair. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's like it's like you know what you you look you've got that look down. So I'll give you best hair, but boy, oh boy, does it suck on anybody else. Um, That's funny. (laughs) So, yeah, I got to go. I got to go with that there for best and worst hair, Ace Ventura. And thus, we're on to best pair. And if we're picking one pair from each decade, who are you going with in the 90s? The ones I'm in between. Neo and Trinity, Andy Dufresne and Red, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, I think are the ones right. that I'm between. Right. So let me let me spit this at you. My gut goes Andy Dufresne and Red. I mean, that's the whole. Yeah. They get this is kind of the, the most the serious the they end up, out man. of the funny ones, you know. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, but the, yeah, I'm. It's them. That's the whole movie. Without those two, what the fuck are we? What are we doing here? You know, what are we doing? Here? Um, you know, Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield fucked. Dumb and Dumber fucked, but it doesn't get better than Andy Dufresne and and Red. You know, that was the those were the guys. Those were the guys right there. Um, so I'll take it up to the eighties, and we'll look at a couple pairs here. And these these we got a little bit more creative in the past, where we uh, didn't take ones that actually happened in movie. And we went more cross-platform with it. Mm. Um, you know, so we had like Sarah Connor and Alan Ripley. Uh, we had Indiana Jones and Ravenwood, which does does occur in the same in the same movie. Uh, Totoro and Barf. Uh, Indiana Jones and John Keating. <laughs> uh, and since it is the only one here, I think we almost have to go Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood for the best pair of the 80s and uh you know off top of off the top of my head when it comes to the 80s if there's anything other than indian ravenwood you know like uh maybe totoro and cat bus that was strong um it's a good honorable mention yeah but it, i think it's got to go indian ravenwood for the best pair they were definitely my favorite of the 80s and uh in the 70s We've got we, we we also took the liberties of getting a little uh, a little creative. You know, we had uh, Don Vito Corleone and Old Ben, Luke's X-wing and Terry's car, uh, Vader and Steve, <laughs> Alex and Travis, C-3PO and Fredo Corleone, uh, Sante and Luke Skywalker. But thinking back to the seventies, we're Star Wars fans, so I think it's almost certainly either Luke and Leia mm. or Han and Chewie. Uh, oh, 
And I think, I think since we got Han and Chewie in the Dream Blunt rotation, that maybe we can go ahead and go Luke and Leia. You know, like uh, that's that's the pairing here that that made the most impact in the seventies, um, which would leave us with Luke and Leia in the seventies, Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood in the eighties, and Andy Dufresne and Red in the nineties. And with that, what was the movie of the decade? There's one. I don't know. I feel like we we always go back to it. We were we after we did it, we kept referring back, and we kept saying, "Is this movie better than this one?" Almost. Uh, the movie in my head is Shawshank. Uh, Shawshank and I'd like to I'd like to point to a little a little parallel here I I I I too agree I do think it is Shawshank for more reasons than this but look to our movie of the decade in the 80s we got Raiders of the Lost Ark who won best pair Indy and Ravenwood look to the 70s what one movie of the decade Star Wars who won best pair Luke and Leia Movie of the decade in the 90s. Shawshank Redemption. Best pair. Andy Dufresne and Red. See a pattern here. (laughs) You can form the definitive relationship of the decade. It's probably going to win the best movie for me. Uh, It's going to resonate on a level that others didn't. Because you did create those character moments. You did create a story that resonated on such a level that it premieres above all else. And I'm with you. I think the movie of the decade for the 90s was the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, mm. Now, I yeah. don't know that our scores would ne- necessarily reflect it, but I do think, mm. l- thinking back to the 90s, the Shawshank Redemption is the best movie. Well, I think it actually does oh it is it's 4.97 that is the highest out of everything matrix being the next aha that was my only hang up was i was like i I knew matrix was a 4.95 but i couldn't remember what shawshank was all right yeah zero three above or two above so uh yeah it does does actually reflect our rating system i think is pretty robust at this point yeah Um, yeah and i mean oh yeah yeah definitely um honorable mentions the matrix um, Malcolm X, I would say, uh, is, is a, a pretty good honorable mention there. Um, but nothing, I don't think, uh, can beat Shawshank. That's out of, I mean, movie of the decade going from like comparing Shawshank to, to Star Wars and freaking, uh, Indy? is Indiana Jones? Yeah. Man, that's, that's going to be, uh, a tough one whenever we get there. I yeah, mean, it's knowing gonna... how much we like Star Wars, though. That's uh, yeah, it's gonna be Star Wars. But Shawshank, Shawshank, you know, it's good for way different reasons. You know? Yeah, you know, like if I'm going like critically, just off the movie alone, I don't know. It could get pretty tough there. But yeah, movie of the decade of the '90s was the Shawshank Redemption. Very, very happy with that. And thus concludes the 90s awards. I think this was far and away our longest 90s, longest award show so far. 
uh, probably will remain that way, uh, given that we we went back up to the other ones and had to had to work through as we decided on certain formats. And we uh, did have six more movies than we normally would have. There you uh, go. With, yes. with, uh, with 94. So. Instead of 10 movies per decade, we went with 16 this decade. Thank, shout out to 1994 for being such a fucking packed year. Um, that'll be interesting here. Let me look back through our awards and see how many of the 1994 movies prevailed. Shawshank got one. Shawshank got one. So there was seven movies in 1994, but Shawshank. And arguably, maybe Shawshank should have been the Friday movie instead of Forrest Gump. You know, now, but you haven't seen it beforehand. So hindsight was, is 2020, um, my friend. But yeah. Um, so, um, so I guess if we truly had Shawshank at our, at our Friday, no movie, right, would have, there's no movie other than our Friday movies that won an award. Other than Shawshank, is that the only? That's hmm. yeah. Shawshank was the only one that wasn't a Friday movie that won. Um, hmm. I guess if we're going into our our fun categories, Dumb and Dumber won the worst yeah. at being the best. Jim Carrey um, got it, got him some for Class Clown. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Warden Norton best Lloyd at being Christmas, the worst. Biggest simp. Um, there you go. There you go. Ace Ventura, gonna... Dream Blunt rotation in there. So so there would be some people missing without. Without the uh, the ninety four week that we had, so exactly, exactly, it, it it pays off in the end. It pays off, but with that, we conclude the nineties awards. This was the Penny Bloom podcast. If you would head to Patreon dot com slash Coro Bloom, where you'll find well over twenty four hours of exclusive content. Uh, all that money goes back into making sure I can put this podcast on. Uh, and then, if you would head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Uh, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. As of right now, the 90s are done. It's behind us. Three decades in the books. And this Friday, the 2000s get rolling. And we're kicking it off with 2000s Gladiator. Uh, very, very excited. Heard nothing but good things and cannot wait to watch it. Of course, I was Colton Robertson and I was joined by and will continue to be joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. Remember, peace, love, and bloom, and always praise the Shawshank Redemption. Hmm.